1: Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Here with you 52 weeks of the year into our 11th season and off the back of a stunning weekend of Champions Cup Rugby. I keep almost saying European Cup Rugby, but it, it isn't. And is it not? Is that not what we call it? No, because, well, South Africa is Europe oh, and, and, yeah. and a bit of Africa too. Uh, anyway, lots of good rugby to European talk European
2: heritage rugby. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Rugby Dungeon. Uh, here I'm Tim with JB. Hello, Tim. And with Phil. Hello, Tim. You can always get in contact with us. Contact chases at gmail.com. Some cracking emails again, which I will pepper through the podcast. I've actually read them this time. You'll, well be, pleased. You'll be pleased Such to hear. Such a professional. Um, well, I was, very, I was unprofessional by by my standards last week. And, uh, yeah, you can get extra content and support. Keep the lights on at, at the podcast if you... I mean, for what I was thinking, it's cheaper than one Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now I don't like Sing- this.
2: I used to like this analogy of like you know, <coughs> buy us a coffee, but then it's turned into the biggest charity scam. So I don't know if you've seen this. No, but people say buy me a coffee. So it's a thing like on it's an actual app. I think it's buy me yes. coffee app. Yes, they do that. So these charities say buy me a coffee, and you think you're buying some nice awareness where mm. uh, awareness raising charity goer a coffee but you're not you're just filling his pockets so there's a couple of the mental health charities in rugby which are like buy me a coffee buy me a coffee god knows what they do with the money raise further awareness <laughs> <laughs> well, well i've only mentioned
1: coffee because it's uh, comparable uh, in, in
2: terms no, of no, no, if, if you if you subscribe i, would get, I think you every get more, yeah. three months it's enough for a negroni in a really expensive bar no, it's probably months. months. No. It's five months? I'd five months. No. In five months we get yeah, I mean I think five works five months worth of work for Negroni is really fair. Yeah. yeah. I like that yeah. I
1: like that analogy much more. Yeah, buy me uh, a coffee, grow so, up. So uh, yeah, in six months uh, six months of extra content and helping keeping the lights on would be It'd the be with, me- with the equivalent of a Negronia altitude. We should actually yes. um,
2: with, like, with eat, a service charge. We should actually list what what our <laughs> what our subscribers like Negroni an escort after after 12 months you can buy us an escort for, for five minutes um, illicit substances
1: I oh, I don't know what street rates are these days never have to be fair <laughs> these days <laughs> these days yeah um, right anyway yeah patreon.com forward slash egg chasers for that so much rugby to talk about
2: Wow, isn't there just?
1: Uh, Do you know what I want to just get a sense of? Because this is a bit of an overview of the weekend. It makes sense of some of the Champions Cup rugby we've seen. It it looks at it in a broader picture as well. How do you make sense of top 14 URC and the Premiership in light of three rounds of results in this competition and and
2: the ones we've just seen? I can't really speak for the URC because I simply have not paid attention to their games. That's what I would say. So I'm, I'm not willing to say it's great or anything else. But I will say that there's a lot of negativity online Particularly around the Welsh regions And the track around the Welsh regions is negative The top 14 is easier to talk about And the Premiership which is easier to talk about I think the US Sorry, the top 14 is exactly what we thought it was Which is an <coughs> excellent team littered with Sorry, an excellent league littered with excellent teams And the Premiership is In a very strange place That's what I would say
0: Mm. So of the um the pools, there are if you just look at the top two in each pool as things currently stand, you have uh three top fourteen clubs in my beloved Bordeaux, Lyon and Stad Toulouse. Uh you've got three premiership clubs in Bath, Northampton Saints and Exeter, and then you've got two uh URC clubs in Leinster and the Stormers. And so it's it's a three three two split. So that would suggest it's fairly even across the boards. Although that would suggest that Premiership and uh, top fourteen are marginally better than the URC. But it's definitely not that clear cut. No, it's it's strange, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. And like you text today, Tim, to us and uh, a few fellow egg chasers, saying death of the Premiership was um, wildly exaggerated. That was after Bath's after win. After Bath's win. Brilliant mm. win. Um, when they were however many points down, 15 points or something down with 20 minutes on the clock, mm-hmm. for them to come back, and then with the Barbary red card, second yellow, to hold on. Great win. But then the Leicester and Saracens game shows that they've just been, abs- two historically very good teams, have just been absolutely hammer annihilated, both completely, completely annihilated. from minute one to minute eighty, both teams
2: were totally outplayed in every single facet of the game. So I think and the different ways to look at it is comparing the teams in the similar in similar layers of the leagues. So the top teams in the U- in the URC are extremely good. The top teams in the Premiership, it's harder to tell who they are, but in Europe the top the top teams in Europe have done very well even though they're not the top teams in the Premiership, and they certainly weren't the top teams last year, and the top teams in the top 14 have done very, very well. Uh, The likes of La Rochelle, Toulouse have been excellent, Bordeaux have been excellent.
0: La Rochelle, they only won their first game this week. But they were
2: excellent this week. They were excellent this week. week. week, They were
0: phenomenal this week. But yeah, if you judge their
2: whole European performance, not so good. The um, URC performance is not a reflection of the league as much as it is of the nation and therefore, the European competition tells you that there are many ways to build leagues. I think the top fourteen is one way, uh, and the, oh, sorry, domestic teams. And then the URC has, has various ways. Uh, South Africa is just raw mass talent. Uh, Ireland is very good, and then the others are a bit of a bit, bit of a mix. Mm. Yeah, it, it is hard to draw conclusions.
0: Although I think by the semi-finals. I would personally be surprised if there's a Premiership team in um, mm. with two rounds of knockouts. With the um, so even like so Northampton, they look like they're gonna get a home semi. Uh, sorry, a home last sixteen place, but can they get through a home last sixteen and then a quarter final to make the semi
1: final? Maybe not. Yeah, it seems like a slight feast and famine. Like to lose. La Rochelle, I know they lost the games, but they've yeah. they've tried to go for every single match they they didn't send a they sent a full strength team mm. to Cape Town and came yeah. out and lost yeah they uh, lost, against, lost full strength team against, against Leinster Leinster. At home. Yeah. so so they went for it other French teams are not and I think yeah. that, uh, the ones that don't have the European pedigree stade Bayonne um and others that I just escaped me right now um they don't seem to have gone for it in the same way. So I don't know if it's the top 2 inches psychological thing and it's the history and the heritage but the top 14 such a nutritional week on week on week competition that managing on both fronts is really really hard. Yeah, whereas I'd... Premierships not quite that much of a challenge. There is definitely that. There is 100% that because the Premiership well, have so- six games fewer in the league this year than well, yeah. the top 14. And except for the Premiership Rugby Cup and any other fixtures which they've eight arranged f- themselves, yeah, they eight have eight eight nothing eight after this coming weekend. They have, n- uh, no, there's one round of Premiership games and then they have, n- no, Premiership has shut down until after the Six Nations. No, after after this next weekend of European rugby, nothing for the Premiership clubs.
2: Yes, other than Premiership Rugby Cup for yeah. one week. So I had this thought, right, about the European Cup. I think that's right, anyway. And I don't know if it's wrong or right or But I think if you really want to build your rugby club, so fans show up week in, week out, you have to take Europe seriously. And I thought this because I looked at La Rochelle, who won the European Cup pretty much from nowhere, unless I'm completely wrong.
1: Well, they were competitive in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Uh, They won that. They were semi-finalists in the Challenge Cup, won the Challenge Cup got into the Champions Cup. So it was very much like Exeter Chiefs. It yeah, sort so of ticked off every box like, on the Exeter way. To to
2: Exeter's to take Europe very seriously, don't they? I think once you've won it, you take it really seriously. And Exeter are a great example. This is why I thought it, actually. So Exeter are a great example, um, and La Rochelle are a great example. But when you take it really seriously, uh, it builds, and you do well in it as well, it, it builds such a pride in your club that you want to go to European weekends and you want to you know, support them through the the... the domestic season I think it's actually a really important thing to do because if you don't what does it say about your club that yeah we're going to kind of try hard to get into playoffs but then we're going to give it all up when we get to the biggest stage of all I don't think it's a good look I don't think fans appreciate it and even if they say they do appreciate it Having a club which does well in Europe and really tries hard in Europe and goes places, that's really exciting. Mm. And you get those away days and everything else. I think That's how you build a club.
1: Look at the Munster fans travelling. Yes, there you go. And look at Simon Zebo's face when he scored that try just before half-time.
2: But that pride then does, I think it does bleed over into your domestic form. Oh, it has to, yeah, it does, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, Munster are so proud of being Munster. You spot talk, you know, a Munster fan will tell you that they're a Munster fan quicker than a Crossfest will tell you that they work out. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how much pride they have,
0: and that's got to be linked to Europe. Mm. Uh, I think it definitely is, it's definitely linked. Um, La Rochelle, when did they get promoted
2: back to the do you know? Uh, I've got a feeling it's probably longer ago than we think. I'm gonna say. Ten years, I'm going to go
1: with eight. I'm going to say...
2: So you're saying longer ago than
0: we think, but <clears throat> you're saying eight. Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean mine's like five, what, five I years. It's fairly recent. Five years say... would be 2019. No, no it's, not. it's not that, is it? <laughs>
1: I reckon they got promoted to the top 14 in 2015.
0: 2000, uh, 2010. 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so so, so this is their 14th year. Now, they, <clears throat> they were... Uh, they had five years between ninety seven and two thousand two, but then eight years out of the top fourteen, and then have been there continuously since two thousand ten, which is about the same period as Exeter. Mm-hmm. About they same. were they were two thousand nine ten. I think was their promotion season.
1: It's great. Just because I know we mentioned Negroni earlier, it just reminded me of an email we got from James Norris, contacttedchasers at gmail dot com, uh, and he was in Dublin at the weekend to catch Leinster v Stade Français. Mm. And he said, a mate lagging somewhat and needing to power through the rest of the evening. <laughs> we've, in, all been, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Invent, invented a drink. Oh. The Negro Bologna. No, the, the, the neg, Negred Bologna. There you go. A Negroni with a can of Red Bull in it. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he says, if you ever need a pick-me-up that also feels a bit Neck-ball like... bull only? No, it, yeah, it is. If right. you ever need a pick-me-up that also feels like a post-match drinking game punishment, it's well worth considering. That's a real pick-me-up. <laughs> and he says, a shout-out for Alton in Counties 1, Hampshire, if possible, please. Tough times this season, but building every week. A couple of good mates of mine used to play uh, Alton, and I when I was at Newbury, when um, growing up, we used to play them regularly. Mm. Good club. Ah, nice. Good
2: club. Nice part of the world. So do you want to talk about some games? Any game in particular that you want to talk that you want to start with? What, what,
1: what, what's the most? Yeah, what's the standout game of the weekend Christ. or performance? Well, there's, there's quite but a few beatdowns this week. I feel like
0: in, yeah. in other weekends there's been some real arm wrestles.
1: I feel like we can swerve the beatdowns a little bit, but I few. don't think
2: we can. Because some of the beatdowns I think are important, like Saracens beatdown. I agree, but I don't think they're headline billing.
1: No like, well, like Bathrassing been been Bath Rass- Bath seems significant. Yeah. Bathrassing was but significant.
0: Like, Exeter Glasgow with that finish yeah. is significant. Uh, Northampton. Um that is I mean that's... Northampton is we can I would happily talk about Northampton.
1: Uh, and 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 like you say, it was a beatdown, but La Rochelle that was a significant win for them. Munster significant win for them. Yeah,
2: that's another great one. Yeah, Munster really was a significant win. We don't have win. much interest in talking about Leinster, don't have much interest in talking about Talking about... Here's a thought I had as well before we crack on into the games. We're currently debating whether we want an English structure with two leagues like Prem 1, Prem 2. David Moffat was on LinkedIn today. Well, who's debating that? Because the Championship aren't up for that at all. No, but Championship would just have the pyramid as per wouldn't they? Pretty much, yeah. Well, with, with true... Well, yeah. True because I suppose
1: yeah. if we don't want to go too far into the weeds with this one, but just to summarise, because this is one of the big stories on the front of the rugby paper mm-hmm. again, and it's uh, been dominating the news. It, Simon Halliday, who's been spokesperson and has been sort of um, running the ship, steering the ship on behalf of the championship clubs, mm-hmm. seems to be speaking a lot of sense from where I sit. And the RFU seem to be totally belligerent and not listening. And... Uh, the art of negotiation and the art of the deal. Surely, surely, listening and understanding the motives and the intent and the and the objectives of the people you're trying to negotiate with would be important. Yeah. The, the RFU seem to be completely ignoring it and actually making ultimatums.
2: I think the RFU or I'm not an RFU defender, by the way, um, <laughs> are in a tough place because what this season has told us is that hard. Brutal decisions can yield really good outcomes. So this is why they shouldn't be in charge of the professional game and the amateur game, because professionalism is about hard, brutal decisions. And the hard, brutal decision I would make now is cut everybody loose except for those ten clubs in prof- in the professional scene. David Moffat, David Moffat, excuse me, David. If it's David Moffat, the ex Welsh CEO, chairman, whatever he was. Well, what do you mean when you say cut everyone loose? Just like cut, like cut them loose. Just let them find their own way. So no funding for anyone below the premiership. Yeah, basically. And the reason that you'd have to fund the premiership is to fund the development of the England players. So that, that's how I'd do it. I, let's not debate that too much because that's mm. not the point I want to make. Yeah. Um, but I p- totally appreciate other people have completely different points of view. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Moffat was saying um, now is the time because the Welsh teams are so awful to have a British and Irish league. And he yeah, you know, Like so many people do in the pub. Sam Warburton was doing this the other week. Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of people with Welsh hats on who would like that. Yeah. Yes, very much so. does not surprise me. Well, f- well, first of all, the English game does not need any more upheaval. And I'm not sure they're mm. going to welcome them in. Second of all, it's this classic, and I call it pub talk. It is pub talk. We'll have a Prem 1 and a Prem 2. Okay, fine. Who watched the Challenge Cup this the this weekend? I did not. Do you watch the Challenge Cup? Not a sausage. That, to me, indicates what the appetite is for second-tier rugby. Mm-hmm. So if no one's watching the Challenge Cup, why would they ever watch Prem 2? Yeah,
0: yeah. Why would
2: they watch Welsh 2? I, I, and I'd also, to back it up, I think
0: TV figures, if any of it was actually on TV on the Challenge Cup, which I don't know whether it was, um, but they would be... As close to zero as you could get. Mm. And I imagine that for the vast majority of those clubs, the um, attendances would be significantly lower than just a normal Premiership, URC game. Because no one really is interested. If your team gets to the semi-final and final, you'll be happy and you'll care. And you might go to the Spurs, Spurs stadium for a nice day out, or you might go to Marseille last year a couple of years ago. But that's the extent of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just, I,
1: think- I was going to say just to summarise in case you, you aren't aware of what the Prem 2 suggestion is and again I'm not going into a mm. deep conversation but just headline and uh, what the RFU basically want is to pick which clubs are in this Prem 2 Yeah they want clubs to tender for it Yeah from- so, it, so it's franchise model they pick and effectively they want a little brother to a premiership big brother mm. so geograph- geographical spread they pick the 10 they can uh, re um animate wasps and Worcester
0: and london Irish. and london Irish they can just
1: <laughs> they can reanimate them have them jump straight in uh, ahead of everyone else that's took taken tough decisions to keep their business afloat yep and uh, and with no guarantee on any whether they will be a participant long term or they'll be just jettisoned out because they want someone else yep and no guarantee of being able to build something to maybe grow. Very
2: similar to Super League. You see it's the Super League, which is, teams just get kicked out because they haven't made, haven't built the right stadium or they haven't done Not enough toilets. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it generally is something like that. Uh, If you're going to ring fence a league, you can't have a second division of it. That is my Mm. view. If you're going to have an open pyramid, by all means, because it's, the romance of following Exeter all the way through or Nottingham or whoever it is and actually that romance or La Rochelle Rochelle. in the top 14 and that romance can terminate if you want like if you essentially park in the championship and you've got these great memories Mm. but you can't have perennial losers at the bottom of this and it will have perennial losers it will have Newcastle in there it will have you know the Dragons there nobody wants it Mm. In fact, if anything, get just get rid of Newcastle now. So, so the, cha- the
1: Championship clubs have said meritocracy is absolutely at the heart, heart of, yeah. a, of, of what they believe. So um, th- that's mm. it in the heartbeat. We can go into that in another day because there's so much good rugby to talk about. We don't yeah. need we don't need to go into that anymore. But well, just, the, it is definitely yeah. bubbling bubbling away.
0: The only the only other concern that's expressed by uh, Alistair Bowe and I think Simon Halliday in the rugby paper this week is. They, um, is saying that it's a further halving, near yeah. halving of the funding that is already a quarter of what it was four or five years and, and ago.
1: Can, and can I put that into someone... Got to was, fund the ladies somehow. Well, I was, it is a zero-sum <laughs> yeah, game. Zero game. Put, game yeah. Unfortunately, it is. And what, what, how was it put the other day? And I don't know if these, these are accurate, but if these numbers are accurate, well, I can't remember who I spoke to down at Exeter, but whoever I spoke to put it in these terms. They said there was £38 million... Pounds which in varying levels and by percentages was spread between 28 or 26 clubs in the top two divisions. Now 33 million pounds is going to the premiership. Yeah, because so, this is
2: my point. This has hy- always been my point:
1: hybrid contracts, keeping yeah. them afloat. Ugh. This has always been my point too big to fail. They're always just?
2: going to need until they get the houses in order and become viable commercial entities in their own right, which the CVC deal will never allow them to be. Um, or be a... Well, no, it's not about... They could be viable on their own in the same way that F1 is viable on its own. But F1 isn't competing with an identical version of um, <laughs> of the sport next to it without that deal, right? Yeah. So France do not have this deal. RFU are going to have to subsidise the 10 premiership clubs more and more and more and more every year because the pull of the French league is just going to increase. Look at the attendances this week. Look at those French stadiums. Look at those French fans. Look at what they do every single week. And they've got more games than us so they can generate more revenue again. It's a really troubling situation. I, I said this when they signed it. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be this slow market, like market forces creep. The pressure is going to increase continuously on, on the Premiership clubs. And the only way they'll be able to find this money is going to be from the RFU, who have done their own CVC deal because the first one was so successful. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: Six Nations have done it.
2: Yep. Yeah, it? So, it's going to be a bit of a disaster. I mean, look, this is, this is how it ends. It ends very slowly, uh, just like banks fail, very very slowly, then very fast. Mm. So let's.
0: Um,
1: I think we've got the negativity. Yeah, of, the, of the that only other, out of the, way. the only other big bit of news is mm. Andy Farrell confirmed as Lions head coach. We knew that was coming. There was there's no other there, there was no other candidate that had such a compelling case, so he was always going to get the one, one? <laughs> Well, he'd already <laughs> they'd
2: already said it wouldn't be yeah. him. Yeah. Just put just put that on hold. We'll come back to him later because All I right. want to talk about Owen. Owen slot speaks in the time which is causing consternation amongst the fans in Saracens this week.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. There's quite a few emails uh, surrounding Mm. Saracens as well. So we'll definitely come back to that one. Uh, Right, Bath Racing.
2: That's the best game of the weekend. Well, if you're a fan of English rugby, that is probably the best game of the weekend, right? It's the best English
0: result considering difficulty of opposition, position that they were on the pitch. I know I exited brilliantly to come back, but all things considered, best, best single result for English rugby.
2: Yeah. So, now, yeah. let's start from the very beginning here. These two, <laughs> like these two teams that were picked. Uh, why do people continue to say, and it is true about some te- French teams, but not all, and Racing are not one of them, the power that Racing have in that pack, the size that they have in that pack. Uh, sorry, what have I missed? Right? <laughs> I don't know much about the two props, and I don't know much about the number eight, but if they averaged 150 kilograms <laughs> across those three, they would have an enormous pack. As it happens, they have a pretty averagely-sized pack.
0: Yeah, they're, so, they're not enormous. They're
2: not enormous. They're not even big. So, Khaleesi's not big. Nope. Laurie's no, not big. Laurie's really not big. He is an uh, unbelievable... Not shape. a South African in sight. That was their problem.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, until... Uh, well, Khaleesi and Nia Kani uh,
1: they had four Frenchmen and a Welshman in their uh, well, <laughs> four Frenchmen technically, an Englishman plays for Wales uh, in their front five. I mean, you're not, not going to win when the opposition have got South Africans.
2: No, you're not. It's so so true. Um, now, in, and Charlie uh, Yule, who spent several months in South Africa, w- Will Rowlands, and is much better for it. Weirdly, um, <laughs> Will, <laughs> will, will, will Rowlands is a very good Premiership standard player. Mm. He's actually an international player. And it, he will is, he be alone? He's he's a big boy. But he's not. He's not like
0: some of the the big boys in France, like Will Skelton or Paul Villemser or and Manny Manny Mayafu Mayafu or Posolo uh, Tualagi. Like yeah. they are seriously, seriously enormous. One fifty kgs. Yeah, yeah. Will Rollins is, like, is a he's a solid large. One twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Something
2: like that. Good player. Yeah. Really and good, good yeah. player. He's not. He's not keeping me up at night. So, what were the commentary team on about? When oh, they're so big. Uh, like Henry Chavoncy on the on the game line is superb, but yep. you know, lots. So is lots of people. You know, it's it's not a is. big team. Yeah, Ficou is. But they, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's the first win I, I wanted to cover <laughs> my chest. They're just. This is a much more even matchup than say if Shell came to town or.
1: Yeah, or, mm, or Bordeaux, or Bordeaux, or, yeah, or, or, Bordeaux, or, you know, or Toulouse. I mean, Carney on the bench is pretty, pretty handy. Pretty yeah, easy, very easy. handy.
2: P- pretty but then Bath have got a lot, a lot of scrummaging power. Bath don't don't really uh, struggle for scrummages so and their uh, driving driving is Superb, which it has been for several seasons. That's the first thought I had. Here's the second thought I had, and you'll love this, Tim, because it's going to come onto to your um, least favourite player. Huh. Um, what value is in this wrestling team? So we're talking at Khaleesi and I love to talk about Khaleesi because he's a good player. He's not in my top 10 players. Um, I think he's a very interesting captain. How much does he cost? Uh, I I read a little bit because
0: you asked this question so I read a little bit um, of uh, South African rugby um, journalism and there's, there's two two important bits of information for that. One is how much did he cost to get to Wrestling 92? Yep. Which is, um, so he had a five-year deal with the Sharks, which he played one, because he went from Stormers to Sharks, played one season with the Sharks. So they had to buy him out of a five-year deal, which was reportedly um, somewhere in the region of 18 to 20 million rand, which is £800,000, um, something like that. It's it's not far off a million pounds. It's the best best part of a million pounds. And then his salary is expected to be something not too dissimilar, 750k. I mean, I mean... I, genuinely, would one of the best paid rugby players on the planet. Yeah, he has to be, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it, those reports, and they're, they're coming from
1: multiple sources, but... Worth worth every penny. <laughs> worth every penny, of course, right? No <laughs> I, question... No, I, no, I, well, I, I sincerely believe. that. Do you really think that? I do. I, I, I <laughs> so think... So about, you, It it depends for me.
0: I I do not think he's worth that as a player on the pitch. No, no. Whether his, yeah, whether, because he is, he's double World Cup captain. Uh, He's an incredible presence off the field. Uh, Whether he brings in, and I'm purely talking from an economic perspective, whether he brings in fans over his, whatever his contract says, he's on a four year deal at Racing. Or sponsors. Yeah, fans, sponsorship, all the rest of it it might make economic, a complete economic I, sense. I think he it might will. be, be cost-neutral.
1: I don't know. I, no, think, I, don't, I, I have no idea. I think he might turn a profit for them.
2: Do you know, I think if a South African team paid that for him, in, say, Port Elizabeth, where he's from, the local boy... No, he's
1: back. a global star. He's, no, no. He's, one, he's Him and DuPont are rugby's only global stars. Well, yeah, but... He's not very good. This is the problem. No, but, it doesn't, but what I'm saying it is... does matter. Exactly. It does matter. No, no, no. Uh, is he worth his place in the team? Yes. No. So, uh, but, uh, so my point it is... Most, maybe he's worth his place in the club. My point is I don't think it matters what you pay him because they, they will get a return on that investment in, in sponsorship. If, just for one thing, the brands that will be lining up to have their name, the, it will inflate the amount that Natixis or whatever it is Natix, that yeah. the spend well, well, I on, that, on that shirt sponsorship. It will
2: inflate the amount that he gets in personal sponsorship. I mean, you know, it's one thing, personal sponsorship and club sponsorship. As a player, I was watching Van Veltz against him today. Van Veltz is at six, he was at seven, doesn't really Mm -hmm. matter. And I thought, Van Veltz is a bloody classy player. I mean, a really underrated classy player. Now, he's not as good as Khaleesi, but he's not, I don't know, what do you think the pay difference is? £400,000 worse?
0: Way more. I, I think there's half a million... Probably half a million plus difference. Yeah. I mean, like what kind of way is this to spend your money if you're building a yeah, no,
1: Totally. If, if, if it was just on output on the rugby pitch, it, you could get better bang for your buck. No doubt. Yes. But what are we here for? Well, I just said I, I just <laughs> yeah. said. I think it will be a return on investment. I don't know if it will. I mean, it's, it's all. I mean, it is a funny one because
0: um, Racing 92 are owned by a billionaire. Yeah. So he, I'm sure he's got much more
1: profitable investments everywhere else in his portfolio he gets to have khaleesi there to oil the wheels of all his other business stuff that, that is that actually is, a quite a good yeah. point that is
2: a really good point in, in fairness so as i spoke to one Premiership owner and he says the best thing that i can do is stay at work to pay for all of this so <laughs> yeah i mean having someone to grease the wheels of all the other businesses and bringing him around yeah that is definitely a real thing but if that is a thing don't play him <laughs> you know, you know, play, don't play him in important games, certainly <laughs> And also, the, there's a, a few other angles on here Like Bristol When you have a handful of really well-paid players it, it distorts everything else So it distorts all your other players I don't think that's a massive problem in um, in wrestling And the other thing is You actually need to win games And he just isn't good enough He's not I don't put him in my top ten It's certainly not my top five flankers Well, he's he doesn't do all the flashy stuff. I mean, he's, he's good enough to win two World Cups. So yeah, but he's in the same... He, t- he can't, I, he he can't I think I might bad. have won a, a World Cup next to P- Peter Steph the toy <laughs> <laughs> Peter <Steph> the toy <laughs> well, I mean, that's who won the World Cup.
1: Racing's last seven fixtures are, in, in all competitions, top 14 in, in Europe, won two, lost five. So they're, they're not on a good run. They've but, got Cardiff at home next week, so that's, yeah. good. That, yeah. that, well, that's all I was, right.
0: I was thinking, because obviously, watching this game, um, Racing 92, they don't have a premium... Fly half on the pitch. They've got very young halfback combination. Who the like I, can, I really can like they could get one. Yeah, and yeah. Well, give it well. And so this is what I was thinking about. If let's say Owen Farrell is worth close to, let's say he's in the same ballpark as Sia um per year, which I easy. God, <laughs> God, no. God which, no, easily. Which twice? Which he is. He will be. He will be paid something 100% similar. He is. I was thinking if Farrell was captain in Russia ninety two in that game rather than see a Khaleesi, Racing to win that game. Yes. Because they stay, they keep chipping away at the scoreboard. They stay, When they're, what were they, 22-9 up or yeah. 22-7 up, yeah. they stay 10 points adrift for the whole game because Faz will keep chipping it. So is Khaleesi worth it from a playing perspective? He's not worth
2: the same as a Finn Russell. or Because I think no flanker is worth the same no, as, no. as a premium well, fly-half. Just think about this. I could probably pick up Quagga Smith for half the money. Yeah, yeah, third yeah. Third of the money. Yeah, Quacker Smith. And we know Quacker Smith is better. We know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we just know that, right? Anyway, uh, maybe he could just inspire the scoreboard to turn over. <laughs> maybe. I, I hope Owen Farrell moves. Yeah, I do way. as well. I, but for the money, would I would love, s- love it. So, one of the interesting things about Owen Farrell going over there was some of the stats that commentary you read out about the Something like they've scored 10 more tries than everyone else in the top 14. They've got most line breaks, most meters made. And it really did show, actually, it, in the way yeah, of the. Yeah, when. Um, It was Nick Mullins that read
0: that out. And it was like, you occasionally get that, like it's one or two stats. It was like a dozen, like 12, 14 of the most important stats in the game.
1: So (laughs) at the top of the top 14, there are two teams who are 1-8, lost 4. That's Racing 92 and it's Bordeaux.
2: Wow. Wow. And you can tell. My beloved Bordeaux. The way they're playing, you can
1: tell. Uh, Bordeaux, with the way they're playing, their points difference in the top 14 is plus 67. Racing. Plus one hundred and twenty
2: nine. Yeah, well, mm. yeah. Some of the some of the handling from Russing was superb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was no two ways about that. And Lagarek is going to be DuPont's awesome replacement in the Six Nations squad. You'd hope so because he's very, very good. And yeah, so the, sorry. The point I was making about all the yeah. is... Legarrick and. Uh, I was going to say Gilbert but of course it's not Gilbert you have to say it in a really, to say it in a really cool way haven't you it is Gilbert um, they obviously must it's, be good at something there's no it's, it's Gibbert Gibbert yeah. Gibbert or Gibbert Gibbert uh, <laughs> they're obviously good at something because they they get some go forward and their backs were good but I just think this match up for Bath uh, you know, if they could get any French team any premium French team to beat at the rec it would be these guys because they match up so well well here's one so
1: when he was at my pre my beloved London Irish, well, mm. I, I, I won't go as far as say beloved. I, they, were, they were the team I had the softest <laughs> spot for. Mm. When he was at London Irish, I, I was raving about Arundel for ages and ages and ages, and I think his highlight reels incredible. But I think you hate him. I don't hate him. him because <laughs> own Farrell hates him. Owen, Owen Farrell well, hates I him. really
0: Owen Farrell d- said, hate hate yeah. Arundel. <laughs> Here is the Therefore. message. Yeah,
2: but <laughs> he's a bit of a show pony. He doesn't do much, does he? I mean, he just
1: does not do it, much. Well, he does incredible things. Yeah, but the, the and again, they lost by four points, and this is something else I put in our A mm. group chat. It, it, I think the words I used to, the, I said the way the second half finished was unforgivable, and that was Henry Arundel in Bath's twenty-two when they were already points up, um, and he he a completely pointless kick when he could have just kept the ball, tried to score, or just mm. kept him recycled. It was the most brain-dead decision, and he had a couple of those in the first half, and they lost by four points.
2: Yeah. Um, he does, I, I don't know if it's part of the same, maybe he needs to go through the Cock and Singer curve of learning how to become a good Ripper player. Extreme talent. Well, this is it. And slowly making him. An Muir answer, and Cock really, Singer. Yeah. Against him. I mean, I really did not like Cock and Singer for a long, long time. Mm. A really long time. And I do think he's becoming an absolute class operator now.
1: Yeah.
0: Arundel and Singer, they both suffer from the the PSP's disease, mm. which is too talented. Like, all through the being juniors. I, syndrome. Yeah, I have absolutely no doubt that until they were 18, 19 and started playing real men's rugby... They would have just walked everything. They've They're probably never so been tackled fast, so strong. Yeah, yeah, Ta- tackled once every four weeks. Yeah, like what maybe, on earth just happened? Maybe it's a London Irish
1: winger thing. Maybe I reckon. Give it two years, Ollie Hassel Collins will be best winger in the world. Yeah, maybe because he's gone completely off the radar. Yeah, he, has. I mean, he must be injured or something. He, he's on the Thock and the Singer curve as well. He yeah. played, played for England, young, dropped, bombed out.
2: Now it's, he's on the way back. London, they must have some bloody talent around the London Irish area in terms of in terms of wingers. What? But yeah, yeah so. I, I do think you're right. He needs to learn to do the hard things. The hard things... Well, not the hard things, the boring things. Learn to kick chase. Learn to get in... Get, learn to be... will Spend... Spend six weeks in Will Muir camp. Get Will Muir to run a camp <laughs> for lazy wingers. You know, lazy, <laughs> talented wingers. And Will Muir will just teach you exactly what you need to do to be successful. So you'd have... So it's
0: the instructors you'd have wilmore yeah you'd have miles benjamin <laughs> you'd have ollie, ollie woodburn is superb but just yeah. repeatedly kick chase kick chase
2: grind 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 who else is in that
1: who else, like, seriously hard working
2: yeah, will is was obviously Wilmore, uh, the leader like the leader uh, someone like jack noel is very good at this Noel's great shout although he's, just, he's a bit too injury prone he is a bit too, and he's a bit of a prima donna now that he's moved on so you can't be that successful in it international and run and run winger school. Um, does Ollie Thorley count? Ollie Thorley makes things happy happen all the time. He chases everything, works hard. Will Addison. Will, will, will yeah. will can you Addison imagine, can you can you imagine
1: Penno doing a module? He'd just be <laughs> like, right, so what you do is you get the ball, you do this, you do this, you do yeah. this.
2: I mean, there are people that are immune from winger school, like <laughs> Penno. Yeah. But, yeah, but Penno just does we will come on to Penno, my beloved
0: I, Peno. I think
1: I may have mentioned this before, but there was a chap I worked with uh, at BT Sport who was in the production team and he went to Glasgow Uni and Gregor Townsend uh, coached, helped coach the Glasgow Uni team Basically, so he could go out on the piss with the boys on a Wednesday night, he used to turn do up that. with his with his. I've definitely said this before. He used to turn up with his Tesco bag with two meal deals in it. Did you
2: say Gregor Townsend?
1: Uh, not Gregor Townsend. Finn, Finn Russell. Finn Russell. <laughs> Sorry,
2: thank you. I'd a, a bit creepy at fifty.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, Finn Russell wanted to go on the piss with the boys on a Wednesday night, so he turn up with his Tesco carrier bag with two meal deals in it. Stand eating his sandwiches, <laughs> and just every now and again, go, "No, no, lads, what you want to do is this," and just whang a, <laughs> <laughs> a bullet pass yeah, forty they,
2: meters. They say that, that that's why Glenn Hoddle couldn't. Re- Coach England team because everyone was much worse than him. <laughs> well, they, do, like, they do say the the best rugby players, the most, uh, well, and
0: not just rugby players, best athletes, often make the worst coaches because it is like imagine asking um, Cheslin Colby to explain what he's just done and <laughs> teach
2: that. oh well, no, I just I just not did it. Happened, like, it. just yeah. yeah it so I don't think Bath actually believed that they were as good. I think they did, but they looked nervous for the first half. They didn't. Look like they got hold of the game, and they didn't look like they they didn't look like the bath which we've watched in the past few weeks who were attacking. They just yeah, nervous would be the be, be the way. And I think they they believe they could get into racing if they're given the opportunity. But for some reason, first half they just weren't particularly good. They they really weren't. Um, Alfie
1: Bathbury was he lucky to uh, not. To, to yeah. not get a higher Very, sanction than a yellow?
2: Well, Very lucky. I,
1: I, thought, you know, I thought it was okay. I, I, I'm, yeah.
0: So the way, and then obviously it was Flats and he, was it Austin mm, Healy? Yeah. yeah. Who were both quite vociferous about it being a red. So the way it is adjudicated to me, or the way I perceive it being adjudicated with that kind of thing is the force element... And the force being the kind of combined force of the accelerating attacker and the accelerating defender. And if it means they're both high force with both being both accelerating, that means it's likely to be a red card when you hit someone in the head. Um, however, if one of them is passive, be it either the defender or the attacker, even if the other one is accelerating, that does reduce the force. Therefore, mm. generally referees are a
1: bit more... yeah. I, I think that it's, it's also a little bit ambiguous if if uh, Faf de Klerk does a high shot on a on a tight head prop, he gets away with it. I, I, again, force force on that is lower. It is, but, but um, it's it's, 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 a, it's a bit arbitrary and unfair. Yeah. But what I yeah, will yeah, say no. as a general principle across the board is referees are looking for ways to downgrade. So uh, yeah. and I'm I'm good with that. Yeah,
0: same as sh- here. And it's, like they certainly are looking for ways
2: to downgrade six minutes into a game. Yeah, as I, well. I think World Rugby. M- they would never admit this and The Premiership would never admit this But I think they've looked at Just the Just the way the game's going And how everyone hates it Including the players Who were most at risk Especially the fans I'm like Let's just get rid of this Red card nonsense Tom Curry's red Was a watermark moment The World yeah, Cup, the World Cup right.
1: Completely shifted And I think That's what's followed
0: Yeah, the World well, yeah. Cup I think the World Cup The group stages Were refereed differently To the knockout stages when the pressure came on, the refs were a bit more sy- sympathetic. But I, 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 I think this was, I think this is actually consistent with the law, but provided you apply, uh, I well, because it, it's it's the force. He was given a red Was it high force? And if because the the receiver on this, it was the fullback, wasn't it? The receiver it was Max Spring. Yeah. The receiver was like backing away, which, which does lower the force. It's so, like it's like crushing You got. A forty mile an hour crashing a car crashing into a, a wall that's stationary, the closing speed is forty miles an hour. If you've got two cars both driving at forty miles an hour, the closing speed is eighty hmm. miles an hour.
2: And that so that is the the well, force of the eighty mile an hour is twice that of the forty for miles. me, an hour. it it was a red card. I think the reason he got lucky is because the referee immediately said uh, shoulder was low. So at that point the referee in his mind has already sort of let him off a little bit. Mm-hmm. All like already. So the next question for me would be: Okay, is it red? Yeah, I can see it being red. I'm grateful it's yellow. Would you do you want the laws applied consistently, which most people kind of do, if it's at the expense of the game that we had today, which is brilliant? And the answer for me is sometimes I want them consistently applied other times I want that that game and I don't think rugby should be listening to people from outside the game who have nothing no interest in it the people like um the concussion grifters at progressive rugby like we can't be listening to these people as to how we shape the game for the benefit of the benefit of everyone else so as I think he should have gone as the law is written I'm glad he didn't because it turned into one of the best games of the season
0: All right, yeah. so it, it was a fantastic game I think he can stay on with the, the law as it's written as well. So I, th- I think you can have the the two the double positive the win. Let's call it
1: a win 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 win. Tim, should he've gone? I could. I would have been okay with him going, but I'm, I like that it was downgraded. Yeah, so. yeah. i I kind of the same. Yeah, he, he got the red in the end.
2: He, yeah, he did. Karma
0: caught up with him. This the second one. I,
2: I I think that was the right call. It could it could um... two yellows. I mean, I actually think what happened to him was right. It does feel like two yellows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: I actually thought the the ref in this game was it the Italian chap. Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking that he, I thought he handled the game well overall. There was a few tricky decisions to make, and I thought he got um, most of them
2: spot on. So the best barbie moment was when he scored his try.
0: That was it, where he Barf, bounced. Bathbury. He bounced Barf, off. Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know who was it. Sia Khaleesi. Of course it
0: was. <laughs> <You wouldn't... laughs> of, course of course it was. Because. There was a period of time where every single week you were listing missed tackles of one single player for about there's about a four week period where you did this where missed tackles was the most important metric that anyone had ever seen. In any <laughs> oh rugby. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm actually surprised you've not listed what If I actually watched Top 14, I would be on be Do you know what his missed tackle count was this week? Can we do it? Miss tackles per thousand pounds paid per game as a ratio. How much did these miss tackles cost? Um, it was. So he, he
0: completed seven tackles. That's not huge. He missed five.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, With I don't pay much attention. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not defending Sia Khaleesi. I actually don't care what player it is. But I, I don't put a lot of. There are lies, damn lies, and statistics. I'd want to look at them and go, was there a glaring one that he should have tackled? Uh, The the uh, Barbary uh, try. He should have put Barbary down. Yes, you're right. 100%. He 100% should have put Barbary down. There was no... I only actually looked at it because of that. Um, There was no other that stood out to me as a bad one. Uh, Yeah, and sometimes, like a real hard one... I'm not saying this is Khaleesi, for example, but I could imagine Sia Khaleesi being the kind of guy that would be busting a gut to try and get to someone. Maybe... Go beyond and uh, uh, above and beyond what his marking his own man only managed to half scrag a guy who then makes a break and it goes down
2: as a miss tackle. Yeah, you do
0: defend Khaleesi like you defend Farrell.
2: Yeah,
1: reckless.
0: <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> incredible
2: men both. Yeah, they so, are. <laughs> um, so that, the reason I love this Barbie moment was, was because they're right on the line. Barbary's already been repelled once, from what I remember. Okay. K- put a, so
0: Barbary picks up from number eight, and Khaleesi put a
1: great shot Yeah, smashed him. it. Absolutely smashed yeah. it. Wolliped him, him back. Uh, ended but then, incredible play, f-
2: ended him. Ten seconds later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking before he got pushed back, I was like, this is it, really. If Barbary wants to be the guy that everyone... Thinks he, he thinks he is, and he's got a bit of an attitude about him, which I like actually. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm big inside. If you think you're that good, back yourself. But you have got to score here, right? This is where you earn your money. He got repels like, oh well, maybe not. And then he got up again, and then he just ran through people. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can get, on, get get on board this as long as you're doing what it says on the tin. I don't really mind. And his other moment as well. Well, that's his- like um, just before
0: that phase of play, he'd got over the line, and then it got. Um, class of double movement. Yeah, it's th- nonsense, that. I thought that was harsh. So he'd, he'd actually kind of scored two tries in
2: a two-minute period. And he had, had his break uh, as well. And yep. that might give you a certain clue to why he is so good. You know, he's fast. In the same way that Ben Earl is fast, that is where the power is coming from. He's not... I'm not he is definitely very strong. But I think it's the speed. I think it's the power that he generates rather than the... You know, like the talk and the strength. Well, he did did just one more thing on Barbary because he he had his bad moments. He had his good moments. He
0: beat more defenders than anyone else on that pitch. Did he? He beat eight defenders, which is... I
1: think there's some intangibles with him. Like it's, there's just... It's an attitude, isn't there? It's it's whether it's, yeah, I think it could be attitude. Like, as you say, something like real confrontational. I'm going to have you or I'm going to back myself. So he he ends, but it's also uh, an intangible, just some players arrive at the right place at the right time. Well, he makes things happen at the so right moment. There is
2: an example of this. He sort of there is a player on the floor, and he sort of dived on the player, but he used the player almost like a springboard to get back up to his feet, and then immediately ripped the ball off, off the other player. It's a beautiful turnover. So it's like a ruck, and he he sort of he just dives dives on it, comes straight back to his feet, and in one movement, as he comes up to his feet, he sees the ball, just rips it out of someone's hand. I'm and, like yeah, that's class. And
1: that wouldn't necessarily, and I reckon things like that wouldn't be from oh he's done like you can imagine Tom and Ben Curry at sale in fact we, we've seen them doing their <laughs> and do you remember when they used to have all those rubber bands yeah, yeah, yeah. and holding them in different directions to, to perfect their technique actually with Barbara, you sort of get the feeling that if you said well, so
2: explain what you did there I, I, I don't know just kind just, of did just it plays yeah. rugby, just plays rugby hard just instinct so I, I'm, I'm turning on. I, I still think he needs better conditioning I think there's more to come from him but he's good but do you know who the best player on the, on the pitch was for Bath in my opinion Willemile we'll- no. Spencer? No. Finn Russell? No.
0: Uh,
2: Charlie Ewell's? red Redpath? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. I think Redpath's superb. I think he is really turning into the player that Sales said he was. Uh, he just holds everything together. He's so calm. You know, Finn Russell is why... Uh, uh, do you know like when AJ McGinty was effectively controlling uh, Faf Clerk? Klerk? Make, making sure he made all, all right decisions, he was the glue that held the whole thing, the whole wild thing together. This is this is now Red Path. I mean, he makes all the right decisions. He's such a classy player, and yeah, he can bring. He's just a perfect foil. He's the perfect foil on the inside for Finn Russell, but also on the outside for um, what's his name, the Ollie Lawrence. Ollie Lawrence. What? To, uh,
1: to move it on, I've got an email well, here from just, just Ollie, on that sorry, point on. before.
2: Yeah, because let's move on. But
0: I was thinking exactly that while I was watching the to Glasgow game, because To Palatu, who has been the starting twelve for Scotland for the past couple of seasons, mm. was wearing a thirteen shirt. Yes, mm. which might be it. Might actually be a. That's, a, lo- that's like, a lovely... It's a inf- very nice... Screen, that. Uh, 10, 12, 13, isn't it? Yeah. Got,
1: and they've got riches on the wings as well. As yeah. Scotland. We'll get to that game in a minute. But friend of the pod and uh, Times columnist Matt Cotton mm. has it emailed Chases at gmail.com. Uh, love the pod, blah, not my wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He so said, just been to the Bath Racing match with my friend and we've been thinking about ways to amp up the game. And this will just nudge us onto another little conversation of some, another bit Ooh. of rugby news this week. He says, um, ways to amp up the game in light of the Netflix Six Nations documentary that's come out. To us, it seems simple, but would make a huge difference. One of the most noticeable conflicts in rugby over the past few years was the pre-match war dance between Tonga and Samoa. 30 massive blokes demonstrating they wanted to kill their opposite number was beautiful. So why don't we have similar for the Six Nations? Why don't we, instead of having 30 to 50 blokes lined up in a row singing dreary national anthems, have the two teams stood in a tunnel-like formation, opposite man for opposite man for the national anthems? Like clapping at the tunnel at the end of the match, but belting out the national
2: anthem. Basing each other. I quite like that. No reason why not. Yeah. I mean, I think the, to answer Matt's question, if you want to really get things going, I've said this many a time before, but it's not, and why it's not been... I implemented it. Yeah. It's one of those things. that literally costs a couple hundred quid. But both packs walk onto a Weybridge. bridge. Yeah. Mm. The Weybridge and the way has got two digital digital displays, and they light up like mm. a boxing weigh-in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but here's my here's my new thing. Um, pyrotechnics go off for the heavier pack, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, 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 and then we're into it. Why is that hard? They can do that. It's Why just, can't they do that? It's just fun. I, mean, I I would love to see that. The Weybridge is is like the, the single the pack two packs come out first because we all know that rugby is one up front, and then we weigh the packs and then we get to work. <laughs>
1: I love it. I, I love. Both, I love both suggestions. But on that, uh, the do you know what I I love this Six Nations full contact trailer? Have you seen the trailer? No, nope. seen, seen
0: the trailer. Jay. Seen the one with uh, Porter.
1: Yeah, Jake you will love
2: it. Ooh. Shall, I, uh, shall, shall I look it up whilst you talk about this? Yeah.
1: The reason you will love it, and I don't want to, obviously, I'll, I'll let you watch it and get your own opinion, but the reason why I imagine you will love it, the reason that I love it, is because this is made for a broader audience than just rugby fans, and the thing they've got front and centre of this is massive hits.
2: There we go. I tell you, we're we're winning the fight here. We are. We are winning the fight. Slowly but surely, we're we're winning winning this fight. The red cards are reducing. People are understanding, oh, it it is about contact. It is about um, aggression.
1: We don't need to be embarrassed
2: to say that, yeah. Yeah. Slowly but surely, people are coming around to our thinking. Uh, Let's have a look at the Six Nations. Yeah, it's called Full Contact. It comes out very soon, I think. It, it would make
1: sense because we're yeah. kind of three weeks away from the Oh, tradition. is it
2: the trailer for the Netflix the trailer thing? trailer for yeah. the Netflix thing.
1: Oh. I hope it's good. I really hope it's good.
2: Yeah, I just find... I'm not being negative here, but, oh, hold on, that's, that's all like
1: like. Just even a little thing, when they're talking to Andrew Porter, they're getting him to talk about his cauliflower ears. It's just mm. like, it's, it's just great. Kind of. Believe it or not, this
2: is my <laughs> yes, I like it already. Ooh, I like- bone on bone. Oh, that yeah, was making sex noises. That <laughs> was making sex noises. <laughs> I know what JB. Yeah, so like just, I know what JB's vinegar strokes are like now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's just like the cinematic beauty which Netflix have bought to contact. It, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's incredible to and see. Yet, and yet, as you say, we've
1: been, or certain factions, big factions have been trying to nudge rugby away from that. The new, what's that game? X. Well, oh, no, no, rugby that's, X. that's that, Rugby it, X. Yeah. yeah. Rugby is this X, is so like ben... Elon Musk doing Twitter? <laughs> no, thanks. Doing, uh, doing rugby. Which is very rugby much, X, thanks, but no thanks.
0: That was a Ben Ryan one. Yeah. And then there's the, what's the, what's or, the new one? Where they're, like, they're, they've
1: reinvented touch. What's it called now?
2: Oh, uh, I want to say twenty or something. No T one, T one. That's T1. it. T one. Yeah, Not for me, thanks. No, no. I'll have
1: giant men smashing into other I'll have giant that. men. I'll Thank have you. that. That's so. exactly what I'll have. Yeah,
2: it's good, isn't it? It's promising. Yeah, it looks really good. So yeah, back to bath. No, we've I've done bath. That's fine. Delighted for them, but remember this: they've got Ted Hill and Underhill to come back into that back row. That is the coaching
1: point. Uh, that anyone can take away any owners of clubs or any any ho- coaches, uh, the, the the what you need to take away from Bath is get three clubs go bust, get their best players <laughs> for way under market value, and hey, there's more than and, that, y- and you might have a
2: good team, Tim. There's more than that. So I was thinking like this: they are the club of Well, aren't they? So I mean, you might even count Will Stewart because Wasps couldn't afford him. Then you've got Ben Spencer because he had to leave because of salary cap irregularities <laughs> and uh, or Owen Farrell yeah and then you've got like all the lads from Worcester who turned out I mean why Worcester will not win we the league every single year <laughs> you know w- w- what their players have done elsewhere uh, is, is is remarkable so yes only Lawrence oh
1: just we've just literally got an email come in and uh <laughs> I just have to read this now um Evening, all is from Toby Rigdon. He says Tim refusing to give Bath credit as they've benefited from three clubs going bust has wound me up. He's almost <laughs> like he's listening live, <laughs> but it is true. It's undeniably uh, true. He says, "I agree. Our best performers this season have been Ollie Lawrence and Alfie Barbery, but every team has done likewise. I know Northampton Saints have benefited from um, Pearson and Finn Smith and and Tom, well Willis and Gonzalez." Oh yeah, so Saracen's Twins have got Will Joseph. Yes, yes, they have. But I guess the point uh, that that's not—I'm not taking anything away from Bath. I'm crediting them. I'm just saying it's hard to sort of go, oh, what 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 did they do that we can learn from?
0: Yeah, clubs went bust. Well, and also spend a million pounds a year on. Oh, uh, Finn Russell. Finn Russell. Yeah, spend
2: a million pounds a year on Finn Russell, That's wise, um, much wise than say spending the same amount on say Sia Um But let me just finish this point, and we don't and let's not have a conversation because yeah. we, need, we need to move on. He says uh, Toby
1: Rigdon to finish says everyone has benefited. I'd argue Bath's most important signing from those sides has been Lee Blackett.
2: I think he might be right. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a very, very good point. That's the other point of value I was was going to make. How much does that Russian coaching staff cost? Who would you rather have? Freddie Mishlak, who I massively respect as a player. I don't know anything about him as a coach. Or Lee Blackett, who has proved himself time and time again as an
0: excellent coach. He really is a great coach, Lee Blackett. Got a lot of time for him. Yeah,
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, we, we mentioned Northampton Saints, we can briefly touch on them. We should have, I mean, you guys were going to be there, then couldn't. But thank you to Jack from Saints for the kind offer. JB, I can see you're in pain that you weren't there on I Friday do know,
2: I, So I had a client come in to the Bid Beard, Bid Beard, Co. Independent f- Financial adv- Advisors uh, offices. I sat there at three o'clock. I was like, if I can get out of here before three, I can chance my arm and go from North Wales, all the way to Northampton, three and a half hour, hour drive. But I think I can do it. And it ran over. And at that point, I thought, I'm not stressing myself out. So obviously, our clients are our priority. Beard, <laughs> Co. independent financial advisors.
1: But it's a very kind offer from Jack. I'm sure we'll get down there again soon. I I, I, I'm glad that I was on the motorway listening to it as I was driving down to Exeter and I was not there to watch my beloved Bion get absolutely smoked.
2: They did smoke them, didn't they? It really was.
1: It was a pumping. Um, Um, poor Mashano getting the I mean he worked his nuts off but he's 36 and at one point he took an intercept intercept and just ran in treacle the intercept was
2: incredible that really was a hilarious moment yeah I mean (laughs) just I guess it goes back to what I was saying before about taking Europe seriously pride in the club Northampton is bouncing now Mm,
0: rightly so yeah they're playing a lovely lovely brand of rugby for, for once, it feels like for the first time in 10 years since they were kind of successful all those years ago, it's not um, free-flowing rugby built on foundations of sand. They actually have solid foundations like, right through their pack and their I'm replacements, agree. and that gives this backlight. This this might be the most cohesive backline, certainly in England. They are so good. Some of their running lines and the handling and... Freeman, whether he's playing on the wing or in the centres, he is so, so dangerous.
1: Northampton posted a slow motion video of one of their attacks to this classical music and just said,
2: uh, I, I said some caption like art or something like It was just, it was great. Literal England backline, only using Bath and Northampton because I, I uh, think that's how I should <laughs> to do
1: it. Alex Mitchell with Ben Spencer on the bench.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You can do that. Then it's, uh, it's, yeah. Then it's got to be, it's got to be, it's Finn, Finn Smith.
1: Smith. Then you
2: have.
1: I'd probably go Lawrence Freeman, even uh, though you get the best out of Lawrence at 13. You could go Dingwall Ding, Ding Ding Lawrence or Lawrence Freeman. I'd go Dingers Lawrence. Dingers, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Ding, Dingwall Lawrence. Uh, you go Coch and Singer. Freeman? Freeman. Freeman. Furbank. Furbank.
2: Yeah. Or Freeman on the wing and Will Muir. Sorry, Fre- oh, Freeman at fullback, Will Muir on the wing. I'd, I'd have
0: Furbank at fullback. But then Freeman's definitely got to play, and then it's Will Muir or Fokkenesinger
2: for the other wing berth. singer has got to play because he's abnormally large. Um, oh, It's hard. Singer on the left, Freeman on the right. And, and th- yeah,
1: Furbank fullback.
2: And Furbank's yeah. play excellent but nobody else should play other than players from those two clubs. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm I'm alright with
2: that. I think they would um, be brilliant.
1: I'm going to suggest we have talked about Northampton a lot in recent weeks and it was a beatdown. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. We we would generally showering praise. Great to see Tom Pearson playing like he did against uh, Didford. Yeah, London that was the biggest
2: takeaway for me. He finally looked yeah. a little bit more like Tom Pearson. Yeah,
1: yep. 100%. So fantastic win. Let's let's uh, we're going to have pl- we're going to ha- we're going to have plenty of chance to talk about Northampton in Europe because they've qualified they're probably going to qualify top which means home round of 16 potentially ra- ra- home quarterfinal well let's just touch
2: there. on exeter quickly because we've done the same with them we've yeah, spoken yeah. about them for hours and hours and hours and i'd be happy to yeah. sp- speak about them for hours more actually but the one ray of hope for, Eng- for english ru- for english rugby is i think there was fourteen thousand ec- um exeter wasn't quite as full as the last couple of
1: games was it not no but it was it was bouncing I tell you what, this is how
2: English rugby survives. It's got to get people through the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Rob Baxter said in the week. Is it? Mm-hmm. Rob Baxter listens very carefully to what I say. So, <laughs> I mean, this, this it's the only way it survives. It's the only way. For, for X, you know, It's just to repeat what I said uh, last week, but it feels like supporting X is like supporting something very special. I think people at Bath feel that. Probably people at Tigers feel that at, at, at the moment. Um, and people at Northampton certainly feel that which is just a wonderful place for English It feels like English is not quite ready to die, despite all the forces that are meant to be supporting it desperately try, trying to kill it.
1: Well, I'm just looking at the rugby paper that Phil's got sat next to him and Henry Slade's on the front again. What a man. Mm. What a man. If you, It's just the textbook example. And you, if you transplant the way Henry Slade dealt with one of the biggest disappointments of his career, and if you transplant, uh, that's how I hope I deal with any setback in life is just
2: be like Henry Slade and lose all your mates to to different clubs <laughs> <laughs> and becoming he's becoming an absolute hero because
1: he could have he could have been bitter like or, yeah as you say all his mates have gone on for lucrative contracts he hung around because of the World Cup didn't make the World Cup he could have spiraled in and down and you, definitely hundred percent that could have happened he could have been like I'm just gonna play out this year go off and get a load of money in France I'm done i'm I'm hurt I'm burnt and out it it's over but it feels
2: like he's done better for the more responsibility mm.
1: yeah, yeah. It, he he's
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash people today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Not for the first time this season, and not even for the first time in Champions Cup this season, match winning kick. Yeah. and, and, and from, tricky
1: from 5 meters in from yeah. the touchline incredible kick
0: yes uh and chiefs they were what were they about 12 points down was it 17
1: or oh, 10 points down 17-7 uh 10 down they were they were 10 points down twice in the game yeah 10-0 and then 17-7 yes uh, and just show yeah incredible resilience to come back with those like two tries and, and, and then, then it looked like they'd lost it at the death. We can't, right. yeah. We yeah can't let's not talk about, talk about, that. about this, okay? Because
0: that, there is. So let's let's talk about. So Wimbush
1: scores that train left on left yeah. corner. By the way, Exeter just like oh, so we got a we got a six foot six rapid outside back that you've never heard of before. Yeah. That's, that's quite good. There's yes. another one.
0: Um, so he scores in the corner. Slade sl- slots the conversion. Yeah. to go two points up, and that is with two minutes left on the clock. Yeah. They take the kick-off. Yeah. They then don't secure the ball at the rook oh, from their no. kickoff. Turn it over. Glasgow go to the left wing and should score in the corner. Glasgow should have scored and won the game in the corner, but yes. they fluffed it, yep. which meant that Exeter have their scrum five metres from their own line to close out the game. And <laughs> Exeter almost... It was a, there was one reset because Glasgow hammered it. They get to the ball to back. The scrum collapses... Vincent, yeah, Yeah, Vincent. Vincent picks the ball up with uh, a scrum half and two flankers closing in on him. tries to grubber kick it it out, and just grubber kicks it into twenty one. The reserve back rows hands who picks it up and flops over the line. Try gets given. Try's given on the pitch, and Q uh, TMO. Who comes in to intervene and save Vincent? So, have you
2: ever seen a TV show called The Affair? I have not. No. No. Had um, the guy from The Wire in it, Dominic, <clears throat> the main guy from The Wire. Yeah, what's his name? Um, not that it matters. I, yeah, I know. Th- yeah, but uh, the whole principle of the show is the same situation from different points of view. So, okay, yeah. The way I look at this is this is a try nailed on. Every day of the week at level seven. Oh so, yeah. It's given. It's, it's given. Given by the ref. And then you've got these different layers. Okay, so then there's <laughs> intermediate kind of club roughing with um, you know the with the touch judge pitching in. And then you've got the international level roughing with all the details being checked to the nth degree with with with, with the TML. And this it was the right was it the right decision? I tell you what, if it was Exeter on the end of this decision, I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> I'd be raging, in fact. Right, so let's just let's just remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it might have been the right decision, but uh, there again, is it the right decision if sort of the natural laws of rugby on a field at level seven? dictates that should have been a that, that should have been a, been a try. It should have been a try. I well, kind of don't like. Yeah. So I am
0: happy the Exeter won. I kind of don't like. Pedantic laws where you have to look at something five times and say right. At what point did was the scrum collapse? and At what point did the number eight unbind? And what point did the flankers? When you're having to go through that level of detail in order to like prevent or in order to get someone out of jail who messed up big time, (laughs) like it was a massive problem, wasn't it? It was a massive. It was a total cock up by Vincent. So for
2: him to be saved, where you have to go to the nth yeah. degree, it doesn't quite feel right. It's like all these novel legal theories coming out to prosecute Donald Trump, isn't it? It's very similar. Right, let's 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 do something which has never been done in the game before. Rewind the tape to find out if the flanker was fully bound. I've never seen that. Yeah, I've never seen that, and well, no one. Would, if it was in the first minute, they wouldn't have done it. No, no. no. Uh,
1: so, friend of the pod uh, and Exeter Chiefs long-term fan Steve Parrott uh, just sent me a message after the game saying, uh, "Last play, right outcome, wrong decision." I think that's kind of right. So here's here's my issue with it. So, and I think the referee put this all on his own shoulders. Now, how, again, it's context specific. At the end of a game, when the result is on the line, letting a scrum collapse and letting it play on was the mistake the referee made. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'd he'd already reset He'd already reset once. So resetting twice doesn't, it's irrelevant. It's it's, it's irrelevant in terms of time. And and I can understand those occasions where the refs are like, come on, let's just get the ball played. In the middle of the park, Mm. the game's gone down, but the ball's clearly there. Let's play. Yeah. And he would never have looked at a replay on that. In that situation, this was on one team's line. The final play of the game, I think you have to reset the scrum because here's the thing. So he actually gave it against twenty-one. I forget the guy's name. The guy who scored the try for Glasgow or oh. scored the try that was disallowed. He gave the issue against him for for unbinding, and I think you can make an argument there. On the other on the other side of the scrum, like way more blatantly, Matt Fagerson, after the scrum collapsed, just walked round, yeah, right, almost to the back of Exeter scrum. Thing And
2: the scrum uh, th- interference with Townsend, which you don't think is a big deal,
1: but uh, I do. No, I think Townsend tried to buy that. But the point being is I, I have total sympathy with, with Matt Fagerson there because, yes, he wasn't bound, but the scrum was on the floor. Yeah. And if the ref's going to let the scrum be on the floor, then there's no incentive for a flanker to, do you have to, to buy- stay bound onto a guy that's collapsed on the I floor. I don't
2: actually know what the... I mean, I assume you have to be bound to a collapsed scrum, do you? No, because well, well,
1: in, in the law, a collapsed scrum has to be reset
2: but then it's only collapse when, he's, when, when he when the sets. ref blows up so I, yeah. th- this is where you I don't, don't know because
0: yeah. Yeah, you're right if it's collapsed but then the ref, refs now play if it's collapsed but the ball's at the 8 feet which it is it's play on so presumably then
1: you've got to still be bound but bound to something yeah, that's collapsed ba- bound to something that's collapsed yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really weird so, 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 so I think the referee brought this on his own shoulders and I think if, if a scrum had been allowed to play and stayed upright, right Exeter would have won the game so I'm happy with the outcome and the result,
2: yeah, I do think it's very tortured, isn't it? When you know, I don't know how many hours of podcasting we've done about rugby and how many how many games we watched, but I actually don't know the laws around collapse scrum. Are you do you have to bind until the whistle goes? I assume you do, but I don't know. So it's have to go through the tape to look at well, yeah. so many different well, If you issues. look at the
1: definition of a scrum, is it will probably mention players being... On their feet. In contact on their feet.
2: Yeah, yeah so yeah. the fact that the scrum is down, but the referee has to call it down. Yes. So I guess the point is, there's so many different ways to look at this. Is it the fault the ref for letting the scrum go down? The scrum goes down. What's the situation with the, with the flankers? The flan- Ultimately, the number eight messed up. And, and that's what it would be on a Saturday afternoon. And there, there is another
0: point that if you're a Glasgow fan complaining about this decision, think... You've blown a 10-point lead, and you had an opportunity with a minute left on the clock to score in the corner. You had a two-on-one in the corner that you blew. Yeah. So you can't complain about the referee yeah. if you have
1: me- messed up those two positions. But the, the other thing is, a reset scrum when the clock's already in the red and it's on a five-meter line is unbelievable drama. Don't worry about having to speed
2: it up <laughs> yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Reset. completely like, agree. This is, when, this is the a one point. time you do want reset scrums. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is it. This, this is this is game but time. The ref is probably thinking, I have no
0: idea what's going on in this scrum. I don't want to give a penalty either way. I'm just going to get it away from
2: this and hopefully the number eight can kick the ball five metres away. It me, these refs. Into touch. Because even if they could memorise and like literally recite the law book so they could recite it and just write it down word for word it's applying the laws in real time it's just, yeah. they are really even the <laughs> ones which get it wrong are superb at what they do well yeah ma- can i just say as
1: well from from the from the game that i kind of rewatched and skipped through math i don't i don't generally talk about refs having shockers matthew reynall in that bristol game uh, against uh, bristol the bulls the bulls, they, they, the, bulls yeah, lost. Fine. The, the bulls won yeah it's a he, right result he, he, was, it. he made some Odd decisions. Really, I, Head scratches. I'm
0: not the biggest. I, d- I didn't watch that game, so I, I can't comment on this week. But Sounds good to me. Not always the biggest fan. No.
1: Um, but the but the uh, the thing about uh, the Bulls and the Stormers, the two South African sides, both got wins. Absolutely obliterated the Bristol and Sale scrums. Just completely blew up. Sale
2: not at the races this week. Well, so, they did all right to get a bonus point. Yeah, but do you see how they got the bonus point? Yeah, do you see the offload? Farcical. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. S- I, S- sale. I find. So, <laughs> we were talking a few
0: weeks ago about um, teams rotating their squads, completely changing their squads, and like you, you could argue that Bath, who gave away a victory to Leicester, but then have gone on the last two weeks to to win against Gloucester and now Racing ninety two, so you could ar- argue that vindicates that decision. Um, sales Sharks, and and this week I. Uh, Looked at the Leicester team, and I thought, yeah, probably sensible to rest a few boys up. La Rochelle winning that game, no matter what, no matter who Leicester put out. So, sensible decision. Sale, I thought, was a bit of an odd decision to basically send the kids, knowing then that they've got to win at home to La Rochelle, Rochelle,
2: who also, La Rochelle, have to win. And they don't match up well. No. Sale have got history with La Rochelle, and it went terribly for them. It went phenomenally badly last yeah. time and that was when Sale were on a good run um, all the superstars no but it was just yeah. uh,
1: what was the issue again it was
2: uh, oh as a great was it emo- they weren't, emotionally, emotionally yeah, weren't yeah. emotional
1: weren't enough yeah because yes.
2: emotion wins game lines I mean yeah. no they weren't Will Skelton <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but can just cry more in front of Will Skelton <laughs> we'll definitely yeah we'll definitely stop him um, so
0: yeah I, I'm very happy that Sale can rotate that they have the complete freedom to rotate as they want I thought this was an odd decision. I thought if they'll go full ball, they can get something out of this game. I think they've got. Well, George very Ford little. didn't
2: even travel, did he?
0: No, and I this is it. The, the, the
1: tr- I'm, I'm looking at trips to South Africa for, and it's 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 a bit of a trek. It is. it is. Well, you, George if Ford's injured.
0: Direct. Um, you're still talking about twelve hours. Yeah. yeah. And they left I on Monday. Well, I don't think Manchester are any direct flights. No, there aren't. So you, you have to go via... You have to go via Amsterdam,
1: London, Dubai, Dubai.
0: Dubai, that'd be a shame. Uh, Turkey, like wherever. Yeah. So you, you're talking 20
2: hours. You're talking a full day of travelling. Yeah, so definitely George Ford didn't go. I don't think Cobus Visa went. Um, yeah, you're right. It's a, you're not going to win in South Africa taking that. But I don't think you're going to win at home against La Rochelle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they had a better chance... I agree. to play the Stormers. I agree. Uh, but they don't have the fly-off and he is the most important man in the club.
1: I, I also thought watching this, <clears throat> it, it, and I think this whole chuck the kids in, and I do think this with Emmanuel Fei Wabosu, which everyone's going nuts over and he's had, he's, he, he's looked really good in patches, but he's played 15 games of rugby, similar with um, Apoku Fajor. He got absolutely... Pumped. This going to just um, let the guy get
0: good at Premiership. Yeah, and he had he, he struggled against
2: Northampton. But well, when he's st- massive ago.
1: difference between coming off the bench and starting, and he started against Northampton and got
2: humped. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to take time. Particularly with props. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, wingers are another weird one which takes time to develop. But we've already we've already spoken about that. Um, they played a guy in the centres, something Massey White or Moss. I can't remember his name. On, but he uh, oh he, he played was, last week. Yeah, he was at Comedy. He's come from Coldy. Was he no not at Wasps? I want to say. Well, I'm sure he saw he it. Might the... have, he
0: might have, yeah, he might have been loaded out to Coldy. Yeah. Um
1: But this does, in terms of rotation, this is a perfect segue to Saracens, who have in every single one of the three games gone with the strongest team that they can pick.
2: Saracens are in a bad state.
1: And it, it looks now, in retrospect, like going to, where did they go on that first weekend?
0: Oh, they went to the Bulls. I want to say.
1: Yeah, they sent. The, oh no, yeah, was that was that the middle weekend? I can't remember. Uh, they beat Connacht, didn't they? And then Big Connacht lost. to I, I think. No, was, no. They, yeah, they they sent they sent the full team out to Bulls. Like Bulls was the first one. Yeah. They, so they sent a full team out there when to Pretoria when they have Premiership travel Europe. Europe.
2: But this is all part of taking it seriously, isn't it? They take it seriously they, and that's why they're pr- proud they, of their club.
1: They do, but this is that is the counterfactual to what we've been talking about
2: about the rotation. All right. Let me throw something else at you then. Do you not just think it's the case that they're too old and they spend too much too much money on players that can't get it done?
0: I I think that is I think that's the more serious problem. I I think that is their bigger problem right now. I think I think,
1: got- I think they are where Harlequins were when they had all those England, yes. had all those England boys that is such a good comparison that 's exactly where they are. Uh, Jim Malander did the same at Northampton, yeah held on to that title winning team for it, too long
2: and it 's an easy thing to do Yeah, yeah. it 's a very easy thing to do so I think there 's so many factors in this so first one is exactly that holding on to them for too long and this situation they found themselves in with Mar- with Maratoji and Owen Farrell gives you a little glimpse of why they 're in this situation. Because for them to have their contracts renegotiated now, and we know it's now, and we know that these contracts are the end of long contracts, because you've got two more key players. So these must be, what, five-year deals? When, when did Four, hit? Yeah.
0: Well, apparently Farrell's got another year on his deal.
1: So he of, will have to be bought out of that deal by there's right.
0: talk Yeah, there's talk of Racing paying up to half a million pounds to buy him out of that deal at the end of this season. So, so he's got at least one more year. You're
2: looking at a four-year and a five-year there. So if those were done as COVID hit, because that's in what twenty they did, mid 2020, yeah. they've done the same for Good, they've done it for Maitland, they've done it for Billy, they've done it for all these guys, and they're getting all together, and that's why they can't refresh their team, because they've got these historic deals locked in, which they need to maintain. Sale did exactly the same thing, which is they redid the deals early on, and then they can take a... Uh, it's quite hard to explain, but you can take a notional cut in the salary cap. You can grandfather the, the big deals in, but you minus 25% off them, yeah. so they fit in the salary cap. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And that's And If, what if you sign do. before a certain date, the players get the money, and then you take an effective 25% off to fit it under the salary cap. It was yeah. something like that. So, And you could maintain the two marquee players if they were signed. Say the date is January
2: 1st. If you're getting paid £100,000 prior to January 1st, only 75000 of that £100,000 gets put onto the cap. Yes. If you only getting get paid £100,000 after January 1st, your cap number is £100,000. Yes. So Saracens and Sale, and maybe a few others, paid. But that was front, that was the- a COVID-specific thing, yes. wasn't it? So the cap came down 25%. Saracens, Sale, maybe some others, redid all of their deals right the away. The day before, yeah. So they could get everyone on the same money, but then 25% off. That's yep. why they had really strong squads. Okay, done. So... You can see they've got these long these <clears throat> long deals and they're slowly coming com- coming apart. The other thing is, because they can't change their team, they've changed how they play. And there's a lot of uh, applaud that's given to Saracens for this attacking rugby. And it's nice, it is good. But the problem with it is, when you turn it over from a offload, say, compared to, you know, you're going up the middle and you get turned over at the... Breakdown from an offload, it can be absolutely catastrophic in seconds, especially when you're playing against Bordeaux. Yeah, Well do you know? You what
1: know, is especially catastrophic, and again, t- tying this between Bristol Sale, you'd add Saracens to it, getting completely mullered scrum time. you, oh. you,
2: you cannot come back from that. You can't, and, S- and they Saracen can't replace scrum the props because they don't me. have they don't have the salary cap for props. They've spent it all. Spent on these massive long deals.
0: Yeah, Salar- Saracens scrum is not good enough and just to summarise this
1: email here from AJP contact gmail at com says evening guys Saracen's golden, uh, golden co- cohort have finally passed over the hill they've been underpowered in Europe for a few seasons but the backs who were so sharp even last season now look ponderous and I think the scrum is a massive part of that anyway they have a decent crop of young players and a number of older players will likely move on at the end of this season McCall has a hell of a real rebuild on his hands. Baxter has set a daunting precedent. Yeah. England and France are the most, succ- or most successful when they have a large cohort from one or two clubs. Leicester, pre-2003. Saracens, pre-2019. Toulouse, post-2019. Which one, of, which one or two teams can provide that spine for Borthwick? And he
2: suggests, Alex, Alex does here, as you said earlier, Bath and Saints. Yeah. Mm. I tend to agree. Mind you, you can't overlook those two Leicester Tigers uh, locks was superb. And yeah.
1: uh, and just also Gary Blanchard uh, just has the subject title here have the borg finally been defeated.
2: Yeah, uh, it's they, quite sad they, to see because yeah. they are coming so this is Farrell's got to go. Farrell's got to go because I just think having led for so long maybe it's good for him to go somewhere where he can just be part of the team not have that pressure continuously well, I think I, I'd say, I say
1: go because you're an incredible player go and win some stuff yeah,
2: go, yeah, yeah well I mean do you not think he's won enough stuff <laughs>
1: he, he has <laughs> and more stuff and also Gar- stuff. G- Gary here in his email says uh, at the end of his email uh, which basically reiterates what what we've already said he says we still have the chance for one last dance with the Premiership as a lot of injured players are back in March in time for one last push I think that's a good that's a good objective for them
2: yeah yeah I do not think they'll do it and uh, this new style of play was watching them when they tried to open up and attack Bordeaux, it was good, but they had one trick. And when you're good, throwing the good ball around, attacking Bordeaux, yeah, sorry, good luck trying to attack yeah. Bordeaux. Well, Bordeaux just absorbed it. You, know, they, their defense was bending, but it wasn't breaking. And then as soon as they turned it over, they they just killed them. Yeah. And when you're playing this sort of rugby. Other options come off the table. So it's all right to have it in the locker, but it can't be the locker. So you can't control the game, you can't slow it down. Saracens were so good with their territory game and their pressure game. And even when they were conceding penalties at the breakdown, well, that's fine because they can reset the line-out and they know exactly what they're doing and they know how to defend a driving ball. It's That's how you play rugby. You know how to defend your set-piece and you know how to... You know, put teams into situations that you can control. When you're throwing the ball around, reckless, it's not reckless, but when you're throwing the ball around, offloading, like they do at the moment, well, it is reckless because you can't control the outcome when you turn it over. Mm. You just can't do it. Uh, Ex- Exeter to know this. That is why when they've reinvented their team, they've stuck to the same style of play. Uh, Le- sorry, Leicester. Saracens should really go back to what what they know, which is... Boring, kicking, territory-based pressure. Uh, Tigers did it. Tigers did, did it to win the league. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't know how Saracens, when they're such a smart, you know, well thought-through organization, have found themselves in this situation. It, it,
0: it, probably is the timing of COVID and having to get those guys on um, deals in a very short space of time, which meant and when they when they were signing those deals, you're only six months months out from at least half a dozen of those players um, being World Cup finalists. Mm. So they signed long-term deals st- where those guys are still in their peak and you're, probably, you're paying for that now four years
2: later. Two guys who are 35 played today. Two guys... Oh, sorry, this is the oh, back line. In the back three. Back, Oh, yeah, the back three. Two guys in the back three, Gooden and um, Maitland, 35. Um, it was quite sad, actually, the way... 'Cause I love Maitland, I think he's a great player. Very reliable. But it was quite sad, the golfing class between him and Penaud
0: When Panaud went round him in the five metre channel towards the end of the game, um I think that was for Jally Bears' try. It It, it, it was, was yeah. It was bad. It was it was, it was really, like it was really very bad. much like watching uh Mashino get that intercept and just tread water
2: not not being able to keep up. An aging fighter getting knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're you ageing here so Saracen's got an absolute hiding I don't know I don't know where they who do they keep they keep Ben Earl here, here you go here, here's your mission you're rebuilding Saracens who goes who stays Um, Earl Theo McFarland Gonzalez Christy go,
1: Gonzalez I think is off to is he? Okay. another club I can't remember France France. Might even, m- might even be Saints. I can't remember. Really? I can't remember. It's another it's another English club. Oh.
2: Did not know that.
0: Okay. I'd try and keep Gonzalez, but that doesn't sound like it's gonna happen. Um I would personally keep Marrow, because I think he is still there was a, a great moment last week. Uh, so it was the Leicester game. Depends how much it costs. Last week. Yeah, true. I mean he'll probably be a marquee. Um But there's a great moment last week where and um Chesham and George Martin, both brilliantly last week. And Marrow, at one point, carried into both of them, about 60 minutes in, halfway through the second half, and he bounced the two of them and then spun and made another eight metres. I was like, fair fair play. (laughs) There's not many people who will do that against those two.
1: I think their entire pack, as it was in this game against Bordeaux, with two enormous props. It look, it suddenly, looks really good. Theo Dan, yeah, Maru Toggi, keep... Hugh Tizard, Nick Ezekwey, Ben Earl, Andy Christie.
2: That's all right. You've got to keep. You've got to keep. Enough, I'm afraid.
0: You've got to keep Theo Dan, but he's not the complete article. Yeah, you, you need four new props. Who
1: who, who gets you over
2: the game line? Earl. Earl in a different way. Mc- McFarland
1: is, as a blindside. Yeah, you've got you. loads of
2: secondary carriers there. Loads of guys who are really good. So Earl is probably the world's best secondary carrier. So what I mean by that is you have a big guy like a skeleton or a Billy or someone who gets you over and the next bit of quick ball in, from the pack goes to an Earl. That is what he's world class at. But making him the, the primary target is going to be a disaster for both him and the, and the club.
1: I, I'm tempted to say any if you were really being completely dispassionate any player that's on a historic contract, because the, the, well, I mean, the salary cap's going back up, so actually it'll be, they should have more space to, to spend. Alternatively, Alex Goodnow will be on, probably on old money. Mm. Elliot Daly will be on old money. And the landscape has changed. Saracens couldn't pick up many of those guys when three clubs went bust, unlike unlike the, the sides that did pick them all
0: yeah, up. Yeah, they've got Gonzalez. Mm. If you're going to um, win, if you th- they got a couple of props, but like Christian Judge, oh,
1: what is he? is he? But they weren't in the market for any of the big big guns. Yeah, if you
2: got Tom Willis was one. Ah, uh, yeah, but, one of v- the via Bordeaux. Yes, if you're going to rebuild your team, I think you let Morrow go because Morrow needs to win. Now, what's he thirty yet? Is he twenty nine? Yeah, you
1: know, I think Ezequiel can do a good, good enough job in the Premiership yeah. instead of him.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Morrow goes. If you are going to have a, a marquee, maybe you move up to Ben Earl. It's a statement of intent. It's like this, this is the future now, and you start building around them. You, back, they're going to need. They balls. need a scum half. They I need guess, a fly half. I think they need a number. Oh,
1: Tom, Willis. Tom Willis, Tom Willis, Ben Earl, Theo McFarland sounds nice, like nice, it. So nice that's, that's, that's your back row.
0: Yeah, yeah. With Andy Christie on the bench. Yeah, as a great utility. Ezequiel
1: and Tizard. Yeah, I like that second row
2: You need someone bigger You need need someone to get Okay so So one giant second row And four massive props Right This sounds a lot like Everyone's shopping lists Unfortunately Yeah yeah Doesn't it But it's true It is true This is why you spend So much money there Props Fly halves Second rows
0: And that's part of the problem Of making Ben Earl um, A marquee player Is Unless you're I don't know Jasper Visa Yeah
2: like, unless you are completely unique,
0: back, back row is not the.
2: Yeah, so what... I guess the other problem with Saracens as well is what makes them special is their identity. And it, it is. It's a really special club. And you're going to need someone to maintain that. And the players that you buy to bring in, they can't just be anyone. They've got to be of the requisite quality, but also the right type of person to fit in what, to what Saracens I, wants to I
1: think they need. It's interesting. When I was watching this weekend. There is a there is a certain type of player which only exists in French club rugby, and that is your 150 kilo second row. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> look, when, when Saracens had um, Will Skelton, I, he was such a phenomenally useful player because he's Will Skelton, but also because there wasn't another Will Skelton
1: in in England. Yeah, there was no. not. There was no one else equivalent. And I know it's that's not just saying you want someone abnormally large. Yes, obviously, but I mean. Like in the way that owini Atonia was a lock before he went to tight-head prop. Guys that are never, ever going to be athletic line-out specimens. And France are quite happy to have one of those in the second row.
2: Yeah, it's just the money. I guess also the packs are constructed differently where the majority of the lineouts is won by back rows. But, so there the, is that but, as but well, But I'm thinking of,
1: like, there, there will be guys like this in English club rugby. A, a great example is... Craig Illies. S- Back in the day. Yeah, and another example came... Was was
2: Craig Gillies or I just made that up? Uh, Big ball guy. Yeah,
1: he was at Worcester. Yeah, big... But uh, Ollie Cohn is maybe the great example. Uh, Craig Quinnell. Mitch Lees. Yeah, Craig Quinnell. Mitch Lees, exactly. So so it's just large bodies. Well, Tuwema does not look like he's going to soar in the air. A hundred percent. I was just going to say. Exeter have done this with Rossi Tuwema. Tuwema's a great shout.
0: And Exeter have had non uh, Tall, but non-jumping back rows like... Dave, big debut Dave is at 130 mm-hmm. kg. He's he's not getting off the ground very frequently. They might occasionally
1: use him as a decoy or trick play, but yeah. not a primary and jumper. Sale say had one a while ago as well, didn't
2: they? Well, I, the most athletic bit the the, the most athletic yeah, middle for a bit. Oh, middle yeah, i I'm not Rachel. sure I'd class him as 140 kgs. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. But, he was no. quite there. Wasn't um, the same size. He had the as Will build Skilton. of some of the 140 kgs. But they play so John. Now, Luke, they, they, they play
1: John Lu- John Luke Dupree at second row. He's He's so athletic though. Like yeah. he's he's more like a but he's not there to do line outy lock mm, things. He's God there he's to not. do ball carrying things. Yeah, yeah. Ca- well,
2: yeah. Okay. Um an old, Johnny Hill an old like fashioned
1: the, tight head lock is what Johnny I'm Hill
2: is the biggest sort of athletic lock you're going to get. Anything bigger than Johnny Hill they're not get, getting off the ground. And I'm not even sure Johnny Hill gets off off the ground, <laughs> does he? But yeah, Johnny Hill's like the the biggest version in England that, that that you'll get. But yeah, so I bet you in the championship there's one of these type 100, 130 keg somewhere like war horse of a lock yeah somewhere in like um or blindside. cambridge cambridge got a massive pack. somewhere like that yeah so yeah their shopping list is very much the same as everyone else's but you need to find someone who fits into your culture you need to the continuity of that very special Saracen score or maybe just start all over again maybe it's something completely different that different that you do well there's mm. no
1: oh well, yeah yeah, I, I don't just don't disagree with that, but it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah,
2: yeah. They're just extra lucky because I was thinking about who is the best director of rugby of all time, and you can't answer that question because all the situations are different. All that I know is that Rob Baxter is the best director of all time for Exeter Chiefs. No one could have done that job better than him. Yeah. So the question is, what do Saracens have in their locker. Obviously unbelievable coaches, but are they only unbelievable if you've got a team challenging in Europe? Can they rebuild a squad from scratch? Mm. And if they can't, there might have to be even more systemic changes.
1: You'd back them to beat Leon. I wouldn't. At home?
2: I I don't know. Leon is second in the pool at the moment. One, two out of three. I wouldn't back them to beat anyone. I'd, I'd back them to beat Newcastle. <laughs> um, no, I mean look they can still pull out a performance but I don't think so Bristol beat them at home in the Champions Cup
1: Leon, so Leon on the road is a different beast do Leon need to win uh, no I don't think they do no, they probably not- they would like to win because then they'll stay in the top
2: two positions and get home round of 16 oh no sad news I mean it's not rugby union news but it's sad news all all the same um, Malcolm Alka's died Malcolm Alker, wow. Do you know who Malcolm Alker is, Tim? Um, why do
1: I know that? Uh, R- I we R- have we have R- R- discussed R- I know it's rugby league, but we've talked about him before, haven't we?
2: We have discussed Malcolm Alker. Salford Alka. City, yeah. Yeah, Salford City Reds, Malcolm Alker though. That well, that's very no nice. age. No, 45. So, um, not to make light of it, because of course he has just passed away and it's very, very sad. But he was a really, really, really good player for Salford back in the day. He was um, hooker. Hooker, yeah. So when I started and, what. And so, like
0: a uh, secondary halfback.
2: Yeah, well, hooker. Hooker. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. As in, it... as, no, as in
0: like um, played second halfback. Oh right. So okay. often you play with like a left and right halfback. So you have your your scrum half playing the ball on one side and your hooker playing the ball on the other side.
1: Yeah. Well. Anyway. Um, sorry. So is he taking his own life? I haven't read enough of it this yet. Is about forty five. Well, this is. I. I, I I'm gl- No, I'm not glad you mentioned that. Obviously, that's terrible news. Uh, but I'm glad you reminded me to mention on the podcast. Uh, Russ Hargreaves, a colleague of mine at TalkSport, uh, commentator of football, golf. Uh, rugby was a big part of his life and I went to his funeral on Tuesday. What? There were rugby luminaries from all over, journalists, comment, fellow commentators. It was an unbelievable turnout. Sorry, how old was he? 45. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, really, really sad. Uh, really sad. Uh, but there, there was a lot of the rugby fraternity was there. Uh, which was heartwarming. I know the rugby writers are having a quiz this coming Wednesday night with trying to raise some money for Russ's family. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted, wanted to mention that because he's a great bloke. Yeah, great well,
2: bloke. I was going to say, the thing about Malcolm Alka is the spiral. If anyone paid any attention to his story, and I kind of did because... We, we mentioned, it a, we mentioned it a few times on the pod. But after he ended... After he's finished with Salford, he ended up robbing KFCs and all sorts. And it was kind of almost like this comedy thing that we'd read the papers looking for the latest Malcolm, Malcolm in indiscretion. And apparently um, after that, he started, I think, he went sca- sca- um, uh, scaffolding or su- such a thing. But it's very, very hard for people to exit the game when yeah. you've been worshipped for so long. And then all of a sudden you just found, oh, actually, I'm not that popular now. Actually, not everyone loves me now. And all the bad behaviour All the drinking Is no longer tolerated now Because I'm not in a club
0: And you're used to earning uh, Let's say figures Sums of money e- Even uh, uh, in rugby league um,
2: That a scaffolder doesn't earn No Like what, six figures Will do, never what, Do you know Good Bad in Rugby had um, Jason Robinson on Right mm. And I did not know his story In rugby league I had no idea of his story uh, so I kind of had an inkling about his his childhood and he likes to talk about that. And I'm not really that interested in that. I'm more interested in his early days in rugby league. So the Wigan squad he was part of, which I'm yeah. not familiar, I'm aware how great, how so great I, it was. I was a
0: Salford City Red season ticket holder during that period.
2: But I had no idea that players were paid the amount he was paid back in the day. He was allegedly paid a million, he had a million pound deal. Wow. A million pound deal. And this I was bet there like. there was no salary cap then, as well. No. And this was like. Before well, obviously before the World Cup, mm. which you won. Well,
1: uh, was this? This is when uh, was that a sale
2: did... deal a million pounds? No, yeah. this, is so Wigan, this, Wigan,
1: no Wigan, this is Wigan. No, this is Wigan deal. It was. It was. Yeah. Well, I, no, I didn't realize it was quite that much. But uh, well, it could
2: be like a million pound over three years. Yeah, over it, three years. Whatever. But it's,
1: yeah, in the in the nineties, huge money then. This was the the great Wigan team that played against Bath in that cross country yeah, yeah. game that won the club championship. And you just you, the, the legends, Andy Farrell, obviously, who we can talk about in a second, Sean Edwards. Um, Martin O'Fire Martin O'Fire
0: Radlinski Gary Connolly <laughs> Connolly was the one Connolly, I was thinking Yeah,
2: Dennis Betts yeah well, um, but here's the thing which really got me and it's only a small detail but I, I kind of laughed where was he go- he was saying every night we're going out on the town and the change in society from like, the, say just approaching the millennium to what it is now do you know where, where he was going I bet he's going Worsley or somewhere like that like, every night, we're out in Oldham, Rochdale, <laughs> Bury, Leeds, Huddersfield. Because these little towns were thriving. Like, well, the, the, the nightlife was genuinely thriving.
0: There was, there was um Ryan Giggs in about the same period when Ryan Giggs was kind of coming to the fore in the mid-90s, early to mid-90s at Manchester United. It was Worsley.
2: Every, yeah. Like, four nights, five nights a week going out in Worsley. When I worked in Oldham, people would tell me stories. And same with Wigan Pier. Like, people would... Travel from Wales on a coach to go out in Wigan Pier. People would travel on a coach to go out for a night out in London. Well,
1: there was, was a whole the centre of Northern Soul was
2: there. Yeah. So so what happened were these these old
1: uh, records, which were old Soul records from Motown and uh, from Detroit, were shipped over to Liverpool, found their way to some warehouse in Wigan, and then were were never listened to, and then were discovered. No. And so Wigan became this centre of these oh, these soul records that were maybe t- by this point ten or fifteen years old, never been heard. And so this new, like this new form of music with DJs sp- spinning records, and it was it was that's why it's called
2: Northern Soul. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I did not know that.
1: So, yeah, Detroit Soul Records. Played in Wigan, so, it was, <laughs> so so Wigan so Wigan Pier became a so big thing. Now, it it? Does. It's also like just where we are. So again, if you're not familiar with the, with the podcast, we live in uh, well, JB and I live in Cholton, where Phil used to live, mm. and he lives just up the road in Sale. We're in South Manchester, right by the cricket ground. There was a B- oh, There was and the yeah. Q, which has now is. just yes. been demolished. That was a club that yeah. David Bowie played at.
0: I've had I've had taxi drivers. Oh, this is going about 15 years here. Telling me that they saw the Who or yeah. who were, like, they saw all these incredible, bands. <laughs> and then it was a rock, this, it was yeah. a rock club. It's it, just in a like housing estate, yeah. By yeah, Trafford Town Hall.
2: Yeah, so there's two things, right? One, like the proliferation of sorry, not proliferation, the the concentration on ni- in nightlife, just like the Manchester City Centre, and all these de- towns yeah. which are just slowly, they're not dying, but they're just not 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 what they were. And the other thing as well is, I was telling a story only. Two or three days ago, about going out in Llandudno. And Llandudno itself had a thriving nightlife to the point that you go to the main nightclub in Llandudno on a Thursday night, and they have two floors open. Yeah. yeah. Of course, no one dates like that now. No one goes out to meet people like that now. So it's all online apps. So here is um, here is Jason Robinson with his million pound deal in the mid nineties or whenever he was playing at Wigan, and he was doing he was doing the rounds basically everywhere. He's driving over to. Huddersfield, and then one day you just decided, that's enough, I'm stopping drinking, and never drank again. And that was it. Oh. I was just thinking,
1: as we'll get on to Andy Farrell, which is obviously one of the answers here. So in that, in that legendary Wigan team of the 90s, I can think of six players who had ties, who you can tie to Rugby Union as well as Rugby League. Who are they? Jason Robinson being one, obviously. I've already said Andy Farrell. Andy Farrell. Sean, Sean Edwards, Edwards. Sean Edwards, said.
0: yes. Um, so I know... Several of them, including Gary Connolly, played for Oral for a period oh, of time. I, d- I didn't know that. But you, I didn't know yeah, that. There's, there were big crossovers with Oral. But let's so see. So the ones you're others. thinking of. Henry
2: Paul. Was Correct. That, so. Well done. Well played. Deacon. No, Deacon came later. He was he at Bradford. Was, Bradford, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. then he yeah. went
1: to Wigan. He's not like in the playing. One of them. Uh, Twigamawler. The- was here. Correct. Good.
2: Yes. That is a great shot That's a
1: great one. Played for you know, Newcastle. Yeah, because
2: Twigamawler. Got Jason Robinson into God, which turns out to be a, a great acquisition for Jason Robinson, <laughs> for God and for God, for yeah. God's team. It's I mean, a win-win. Yeah, win-win. No, I know there is another one who this
0: won't be on your list. Um, so a guy that I played with, Andy Craig, who's Scotland, uh, is not on my list. Centre. But I love. He it. was of that Wigan, and he wow. played in the. He played in one of the Wigan Bath games.
2: Is there? It's not like a. It's not Mike Ford or someone, is, is it?
1: One is a, was a rugby union player first.
2: Was one of the Quinnells at
0: Wigan?
1: Yes. Both of the Quinnells. Two of the Quinnells. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. No, no, you're right. It is Scott Quinnell. No, no, no. It wasn't. No, no. Well, Craig Quinnell wasn't. Uh, Scott Quinnell, yes.
0: Because in that, in that era, Die Young, I've definitely mentioned this on the pod before. Die Young. Sorry, played.
2: it was. Go- Hang on. Craig Quinnell. No, Scott um, Quinell. Scott, Scott Quinell, 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 Craig Quinell. It was Gavin Quinell who was the biggest player in the Premiership. Oh, uh, really? It a big I lock. lost her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: um, Dai young played for Salford for a period of time in the uh, mid-90s. Yes, he did. Because Salford, yeah. Salford used to compete. They, they would really annoy other teams because this was in the kind of non-competing at the scrum era, which we're still in, in rugby league. Salford would compete on the, the opposition's ball.
1: Yeah, so uh, those were the six that I had. It was Jason Robinson, Vega, Twingamala, Henry Paul, Sean Edwards, Andy Farrell, Scott Quinnell.
0: And add Andy Craig, and I'm sure Gary, Gary Connolly, Connolly played yeah. for... um. Yeah, that sounds familiar Farrell. to me.
2: Sure he did. I know some men that would know that. Bentos would... Bentos 100. would know it, yeah. Joe Lydon uh, he was did. a legendary name that we yeah, didn't mention. Gary
0: Connolly?
1: Team.
0: He had three... Wow. He had three so he didn't
1: play for Ireland according Munster? to that. so
0: just just he played for Munster. Yeah, I thought he did. He played for 3 um union teams. He played for Oral, Munster and Harlequins, ah, Apparently. There you oh. go. But according to the, his Wikipedia page, which would never ever get anything wrong ever, uh he scored 8 tries in 13 appearances for It's mm-hmm. Quite a good strike rate. So
1: the pack for the Wigan the, the Bathby Wigan Rugby Union a heart, a game which happened. the Andy Farrell was lock. Uh, Vainga Twigamala was open side flanker.
2: That, kind of, that sort of works. <laughs> yeah, kind of
1: You've works. Right amount of mass. Yeah, and Andy Craig did one of the replacements. There he is.
2: Yeah, so the other thing that um, Jason Robinson said was just um, how tight that Wigan team was, but how you... Just, because he's only a small bloke, right? How... Indestructible, you felt around the presence of people like Andy Farrell, and you could only imagine, can't you, Andy Farrell in his absolute prime? Oh,
0: yeah. in his—he he, was s-
2: such an amazing an- player. Andy Farrell is the first ever rugby rugby player I saw in person. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in hand. Did know, and he got up the car. I did not realize who it was. I just thought, honestly, the impact he made on me immediately—just this colossus. Like what? what is that like what is that <laughs> and then after a while like, oh my god that, i think that's andy farrell i think that is andy farrell because we had no one famous ever visit north wales ever and he's walking down Llandudno high street huge man
0: yeah he was massive yeah, yeah what Norway.
2: did you want to say about him about andy farrell yeah oh yeah let's talk about that so i'm gonna go, go on a rant then about men uh, about mental health charities, but probably best not. Yeah, let's just talk about Andy Farrell instead. Yeah, let, let's, let's do that. So, um, how men need to talk more? No, they don't. Uh, so, Andy Farrell. Owen Slot, in my mind, wrote a really good article this week about basically, I wouldn't say the problem with the Farrells, but the, Owen Farrell somewhat brought the press attention on himself. Now, I think there is conflation of what's going on here. Owen Farrell has got abuse from online sources and regularly does and always will. But don't we all? It's part of the, you know, it's just life. Get get over it. Like, just get over it. Nobody cares. Um, but I don't think it's fair to say the mainstream press have piled on. So I don't, I, I don't like that angle. But there is tension between the press and Owen Farrell. And the reason is because he didn't say anything. And he's written this article which basically says... Along the lines of the most one of the most interesting people that he would like to talk to would be Owen and Andy Farrell combined, and he'd like to do it in such a way because he's interested in them, and I truly believe he is. Um, but this has been taken to say like, oh, is that like almost oh, like a dog whistle? And this is like the the these the articles that upset the Farrells so much and words. You know, the the problem with the article was that he that it, it kind of. Plays into the narrative that the press are after him. And I thought thought it it's a really good, solid article about the importance of, particularly captains of Na- captains of, of nations and prominent rugby players talking to the press and giving you a little bit of insight of who they are. Um, they, he gave an example. Um, Owen thought about Owen Farrell started to talk about his puppy and then completely climbed up because he, he, he didn't want to give too, too much away. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's childish. I, actually.
1: No, that's, a, that's, the, the issue I have with saying that's ridiculous and childish is, yes, I would like him to be more forthcoming, but actually what you're, what I feel like what's happening there is you're criticising his innate personality. Uh, I, 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 like, maybe, maybe, maybe as it's a prerequisite for the role, so you've got two options as I see it. Mm. He's an amazing national captain, but he's terrible at the media thing, so you have to just, I you have to, wonder. you have to, you have to own that and put someone else up to the media. J- Jamie George is the guy that goes out and chats the media and you just own it. You just go, look, actually, that's not Owen's strength, so he's going to do uh, it. So, so we... I understand. Or you have to say you can't be national captain unless you're willing to do all this stuff.
2: Yeah, I just don't... I can't fix the problem that obviously they are people. They they are people's people. You can't, for instance, coach a national team without being a really good people's person. You can't captain a team without that, I, without that either. And I think, but that is context specific, isn't it? Yeah, but like all his teammates swear by him. Yeah, uh, all of his coaches swear by him, and they don't swear by him because he's an introvert. And you've seen the clips in the Lions where he's, you know, very vocal. And he's you know giving the team talk at age nineteen or or, or something. So why can't he sit down well, with someone? But what you've also seen is
1: every time James Haskell opened up his Instagram thing, Owen Farrell would just move out of the shot. Didn't want to have a, didn't want to have anything to do with. He was he liked Haskell didn't want anything to do with him when he was doing social media stuff.
2: Yeah, and I can, I can totally get that. I can totally understand why he would not want to be on so that. So that, that's
1: what I mean. It's but con- to have a con- context like, specific. He doesn't want to talk about his kids and his family, especially with strangers.
2: He wants to talk about rugby. I, but I've never even had that. From, so I'd love to say, if I had the opportunity to interview Owen Farrell, it would be the most nauseating, boring conversation that you could ever, ever imagine. But, but I bet... I bet one, he would love that. I I bet bet, he would love that. that. But I bet by the end of it, we would have discovered something about. I I don't. Yeah, I agree. You would. I think the the problem.
0: I don't. The problem is not with Owen Slot. The problem is with. You see, I watch a lot of England press conferences, and I watch almost every single one during the the World Cup. And he, every time there is a clickbait style question asked, which is. 80% of the journalist's 100%. question 100%. He just rolls his eyes and just gives a, a like a just a like one starts giving one word answers. It's the problem is not Owen Farrell. The problem is the clickbait journalists
1: and the, and and the appetite for media is such that there is never long form interviews which give the time to be nausea. Yeah, Yeah. he might might not want to do the long form interview, but he would love the nausea conversation conversation, off the record. But there isn't the time, there isn't the interest. Frankly, you have to think, you have to work back. It's about getting as many eyeballs or clicks to get as much money from sponsorship and that's the incentive it and is, that
2: leads to content. So I kind of disagree with this. So I think yes there is this element of so very short term superficially if you get like look at the Welsh Wales online it's horrendous right? And they just want that, that click. But then if you want to generate a sustainable mm. A business model and a sustainable readership, you've got to look no further than well, Owen thought would be a great one because he's, he's such a good writer. The rugby paper next to Phil.
1: I don't know how much, mo- I, I, I bet they um, don't make, I bet their margins aren't very good and they don't make a lot of money, but it's, but I bet the they, subs- they have like, a community, yeah,
2: and that is true. It's just rugby focused. But I bet the subscribers go to the Telegraph. People read the Telegraph purely for Charlie Morgan. Purely for Johnny Morgan because he's so good at what he does with his nausea analytics and rugby only, you know the actual game of rugby, which he writes about all the time, and that's how you build a successful long term thing. I totally agree, but, but I also
1: I also think the reality is there is not enough in- There is not enough of that pure rugby interest in the sport of rugby to mm. to sustain as much as needs to be needs to or people would like to, and which well and it's yeah. I think it's his lowest common denominator stuff. And...
2: But, you know, like, I'll give you an example. I do not think clickbait articles would be written about Steve Diamond if he was in the England hot seat. The reason they wouldn't is because he answers questions so fully and so in detail that things write themselves. Whereas if you don't give a journalist anything, their mind wonders. Uh, and when they, won- when they wander, they make up all sorts of stuff, which isn't there.
1: Well, maybe clickbait's an emotive term. Uh, you wouldn't need to sex up a Steve Diamond interview because no, he, uh, he would fire
2: shots. Yeah, you don't need to sex it up, do you? Yeah, no? but like Owen Farrell says nothing and it, Temptations, arrogant England captain refuses to engage with loss yeah. or something like, like that. And that's what happens. That's what happens. I mean, uh, here's a you remember Steve, the m-
0: Steve Diamond clickbait headline. Just type in Steve Diamond. Uh, this from The Independent. Oh, is it in, St. Peter's? In, uh, say so December 2018, headline, I knew Shark Steve Diamond was
2: a bully. Oh, so St. Peter's? the, the, Peter. the no.
0: clickbait will get written no, wh- no, no, no matter that's, what.
2: A, that's a really good article, that, right? Because it's, I mean, it's a real article. as in it's written from Sam Peters from the heart. Yeah, <laughs> and well, it's completely wrong. Uh, Diamond went 2 to 2 with him, didn't he? Oh, it's <laughs> awesome! I loved it. I loved every second of Diamond Diamond v Peters. I'm six foot four. That was um that that was Peters to Diamond. Um, I th- I would like to do a Patreon where we read uh Sam Peters's articles towards <laughs> Steve Diamond and, j- and just just go back through that wonderful period of rugby history. <laughs> The, the one good example is, do
1: you remember the post-match interview following England v Wales and that Matthew Raynau series? Where, yeah. Do you remember I that? Saw,
0: I remember the game. I don't England? remember the post-match no, in- interview. The
1: post-match interview was one attempted gotcha. Come on. Come on, slag off the ref. Come on, not gotcha. That's the wrong word. But come on, I, I want you to slag off Matthew reynal and I'm going to keep asking you until you slag off Matthew Raynau. And I think that's where it is. Like, have a go. Maybe have another nibble. At, at that point, leave it. But there's the, the narrative is almost predetermined. Owen Farrell was unhappy with Matthew Raynaud. Therefore, any comment we want from him, any question we're going to ask him, is trying to get him to be angry at Matthew Raynaud.
2: And if we don't get that... Yeah, how can I describe this? It's like, the really good ones, of which we we're quite lucky in, in, in we do have good, some really good... Ruby journalists. There are some superb ones, in England. Yeah. yeah, they're good because they know about the game. Mm-hmm. But then if you've just got someone who you pulled off the street to cover the game, they go back to these tactics which are not particularly good. And that that would be one of them. So you just... They, they don't know about the game. They can't describe the game to you. But they do know that if they get something bad about the ref, that, that'll do well. And I think that's where this leads. Well, so,
1: I I can reflect on this now seven seven years ago or six six years ago it was now that Steve Diamond Marlon Yard interview Yeah. oh yes. yes Dynamite TV amazing TV Dynamite TV oh I can talk about this now as well I would do that differently now so what happened was to, to remind mm. is JB told me mm-hmm. Marlon Yard is signing for sale from mm-hmm. Quinns where did
2: I get that from I can't remember I tell you where I got, got that from I got that from a, a sale player he said, Marlon Yard is here in, in the car park. I was like, what? <laughs> so then I phoned Sale, the old media manager at, at the time. I said, is Marlon Yard there? And I was told that, no, I tweeted it. Marlon Yard has, has signed for Sale. So I was certain of it, and then the media manager for the phone said, "Take that down, or you'll ne- or or you'll be banned forever." <laughs> and I was literally banned forever. So, uh, so, uh, so
1: uh, then I rock up at sale uh, for one of in like very early days of working for BT Sport, and I say, "As I understand it, guys, Marlon Yard has signed for sale. Uh, how do you know this? Well, it's come secondhand. JB, who I do the podcast with, has heard from one of the sale players. He's there, so." Can we get this verified? Who goes on the phone to Quinn's guys? Yes, <laughs> Marlon Yard is signed for sale. Yeah. Uh, Confirmed. Uh, 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 uh. uh, Double up. So, right, I, I'll ask Steve Diamond now. I said it to the media guy. I said, "Swanee, I'm going to ask Steve about Marlon Yard." Just, just so you know, but he didn't pass that message on to Steve Diamond. Did he not? Oh. He was so
2: <laughs> this job, this guy. As,
1: as, as I understand it. Steve Diamond did not have any idea. And I thought I'd done my due diligence by telling the media guy. Yeah. But actually, what I would do now is I would have picked up the phone to Steve Diamond that afternoon and said, Steve, I found out about this. I have to ask you the question. So I'm just letting you know the question's coming. So what we got was a a really raw bit where Steve Diamond was completely blindsided, (laughs) had no idea the question was coming. And the interview ended, and I can say this now as well. I don't know if I've ever, ever said this on the podcast, but not ordinarily you shake hands with the DOR. Thanks for your time, Steve, shake hands. I said, thanks for your time, Steve, put out my hand to shake my hand. He did not accept my handshake. Walked (laughs) past me and and I got a shoulder barge on the way past the camera.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I got banned for sale from that for at least 18 months. And what really annoyed me about this was not the actions of Steve Diamond or, um, Swanee who subsequently left. Thank God. Um, it was the actions of at that time the journalism community because oh they were so gutted that you got the you got the well, yeah, um, basically you got the scoop yeah so there was that but also I got banned right so we have got the rugby writers um, the rugby writers club or or, or, or or whatever that that is and at the time podcasts were not a big deal like people looked down their nose at podcasts. I think the, the the landscape is very different now. The time sounds mm. warm. You know, podcasts are probably one of the biggest ways that people consume their open media. But at the time, there was only us. Sp- consume all media? Yeah. Like it, it, mm. is so I don't know mediums. if you remember this spate of, of well, sales Shark started it, Media Day will be limited to only bona fide media. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we had the whole we had a whole months of that bona, Bonafide bona fide media. media, right? Which means not podcasts. It's <laughs> funny was, now, isn't it? Thinking back, yeah. Tell you who was absolutely top notch with this was Nick Mullins uh, and Chris Jones. Nick Mullins put me forward to the rugby writers. Um, Club, which I wanted to join because I thought I could do with some backing here because it's not on that they just ban people, so this is what we do. And I got through to the uh, chairman or whatever it is, the of, of rugby writers. And I, well, are you a writer? No, well, have you ever written? And luckily, I had written at that time two or three times for the, the MEN, I got some stuff in the MEN. Which is very fortunate. So I said, like, oh, well, I've got that. Okay, well, we don't let amateurs in. Do you make any money? And at this point, we had our Leo Vegas deal. I don't want to say, say what the numbers are, but it was probably more than what a lot of rugby writers were earning <laughs> just for good. sitting on these microphones. It was oh, a they, good were oh. they were great days. They
1: were great days. I was
2: like, oh, right. Oh, so, okay, so you do have, have that. So one of, the most one of the most prominent commentators in the game, put me forward, and I could not get anybody else to second me to go in the rugby writers because they were so scared of upsetting Sale or upsetting the other rugby writers or being seen to take sides. So I was like, right, in that case, I will never, ever join or attend a dinner or ever engage with this organisation ever again because it's not worth its time. Fair play, Nick Mullins. Yeah, but I think since then people would take podcasts far more seriously than, than what they did then. Mm.
1: Oh, we could... Uh, do you know what? I'm just thinking now. I could sort of talk with Shaq was off. We could We could have some fun on some Patreon
2: pods. Yes, we could. Yeah, we should definitely re- revisit um, Sam, Sam Peters versus Steve Diamond. Which, what a golden era. That was great. That was fun times. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what... Have you got- I,
1: I had my mouth stuffed with gold. I couldn't say anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do ne- next, next week's, week's fixtures? Yes. Yeah. I'm just thinking uh, Leicester got pumped. Um... Uh, Leinster looked uh, Leinster looked disjointed But they're still really good Even when it's not firing Ryan Baird looks ace He'll be the sixth for Ireland You'd think Although Tom O'Hearn For Munster's looking great I'm just trying to rattle through What I saw at the weekend um, Yeah Mun- Munster I watched most Crow- Munster, Crow- Munster Crowley started great. shaky And then really grew through the game He'll be Ireland's yeah. 10 In the Six Nations He looks really good Dan Sheehan is a cheat code On the wing on, In the wide And channels. also
2: Did you see who scored this week Something that we were t- that, that we were talking about Calvin Nash? No, someone else. Jo- Jordan Lama. Jordan Lama. Jordan Lama. Back, back on, the, on the score sheet after, well, from what I understand, a few years of injury.
1: 100 years. 100 of
2: years
1: of injury. Mm. Jordan Lama, who can... He can...
0: Yeah, Quinn, Quinn Smash Cardiff, and yeah. we do... Actually, we should talk about the 8pm game on Saturday night, the other 8pm game on Saturday night.
1: Oh, yeah, your beloved Ulster. Yeah, it my helped. beloved
0: Bordeaux obviously got a big win this week, but my beloved Ulster and i thought Ulster have had some amazing performances over the years against big french teams and i i was just hoping i started watching that hoping hoping that they could do it again my god that Toulouse team is good that
1: malvaka oh my Love goodness him. one of my favorite players
0: malvaka malvaka was incredible miafu miafu was so he, he's so big and so physical he was, his tackle technique is amazing. He as well as in um, Timoney, who's relatively lightweight for a back row, very steppy and very fast. Tried to step him and just round his ankles several times. Kinghorn looks brilliant. He fits him beautifully in that Toulouse team. The whole team is amazing, but France and Toulouse are going to miss Dupont. He is Dupont just is unreal. He really is another level. Like he, when he went off after sixty odd minutes, so he'd got two tries, he'd got one assist. He must have had another three or four assists to the assist. The the kind of key pass was him. He was he'd made the most meters with ball in hand on the pitch when he went off from nine. He uh, Jesus, <laughs> Ron- Ronan O'Gara described him as a ten point player, ten point difference. He was more than that in this game. He was... When does he leave for the Olympics? This was one of his last games. It might be a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, we'll get to
1: see him in Paris.
0: Yes. Hopefully.
1: (sighs) Another reason why you need to come to Paris, Jay.
0: Leave it with me. Yes. Yeah, okay, leave it with me. I cannot give enough praise to DuPont. He was just absolutely everywhere. And it's... It's not just one thing as well. It's not just that, oh, he's, he made 100 metres ball in hand. I'm just checking how many metres he made. 127 metres ball in hand from scrum half. It's not not just he made 127 metres ball in hand <laughs> and scored two tries and got those. Some people don't do that a season. Yeah, <laughs> but he, his distribution, his decision-making, his kicking, his physicality when he needs to, not that he always needs to, but he gets stuck. He is just... He is the best rugby player in the world. He is absolutely
2: remarkable. Where is Aaron Smith playing his trade now? Japan, I think. Yeah. God, I'd Japan. love to see him come over to Europe. Yeah.
1: Uh, it, that just reminds me of the trip to Paris on the uh, for the two weekends time for Racing ninety two v Toulouse, which JB, hopefully, you can join us in <sighs> because. And here is another little carrot I am going to dangle in front of you. It is, uh, Br- what are they called? Um, the British Rugby Club of Paris. Okay. is celebrating its... uh, has just celebrated its 100th anniversary and they are fans of the podcast. Okay. They are formed in 1923 by English expats working and living in Paris. Okay. The the British Rugby Club of Paris is a team steeped in history and though briefly suspending its activities during the Second World War has operated continuously for over 95 years. They got a good win this weekend in the first division there that they play in and... um, and they're looking forward to Egg Chasers being in town.
2: All right, all right. So let's ask some serious questions now. How do we affect a podcast in Paris? We would... It would either
0: have to be earlier than the game on the Sunday yeah, we're not on, on, doing it after the we,
2: we do it on the Sunday
1: because the Sunday night is the match so we've got all Saturdays rugby to talk about okay. we, we've got Sunday morning in a cafe we're going to go and do a James Richardson style like with a, like Gazzetto Dello Sport like um, Football Italia we're going to go and sit in a cafe with with an espresso and a croissant and we're going to do our and podcast and bad sound quality and then we're going after we've gone for a run and then <laughs> we're going to start drinking and then we're going to go to the Thunderdome and what? Okay. Should
2: Rassie 92 be to lose? Okay, you're making a compelling case all around. Um, <laughs> I will have. I'll, I'll have to. Do we get paid tomorrow? Uh,
0: we should get paid next week. Right, let, I'll make it
2: happen. I'll make it happen. It's gonna be good. <laughs> oh, God, you, you, I've got so many things to reorganise. You make now.
1: Dave Max out there, Lewis. Yeah, and the British Rugby Club of Paris. Where are we staying? In a nice part of town, in a place that Lewis has organised for oh, us. Lewis has organised it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, leave it with me. i have to. Uh, yeah, I can't not go to this, can I? No, you can't. I can't not, not go. go to it. Yeah, okay. Good. Right,
1: games next week, Phil. Oh, oh, get, oh you should, get call them up.
2: Caught me hot. On the I'll, hot. I'll
1: get them uh, up. I'll get
0: them up. I do have them here. We have Friday, two games, eight o'clock kickoffs. Connaught
1: host Bristol. Are they doing simultaneous kickoffs in the final? They are. They're doing simultaneously, they so you have to pick yes. which game you're going to watch. So as we go through, that's why we'll go through, we'll pick which game we're watching. So let me get up
0: the leagues next to it so I can see both at the same yeah.
1: time. So Friday night, Connacht v Bristol, the, the Pat so Lamb in, bowl. That's in,
0: oh actually, yeah, yeah, okay. The, the AJ McGinty that's bowl. That's in pool one. Uh, and Connacht, who haven't won a game yet. Um,
1: and they Marmion can... as well, they've got Marmion and AJ McGinty. Oh yeah. And Pat Lamb. Yes. And they've got that, that fellow that was the number eight and captain. Muldoon. Muldoon, John Muldoon. But they've
2: the also captain. lost their old captain to Connacht. Oh, yes. I can't remember his uh, name, uh, Joe, this, the lock. Ba- Batley?
1: No, he's actually Joe in the Jones, team. Joe... No, not Joe Jones. The, oh, yeah. Is it Batley? I'm sure it's a Batley. Or,
0: he just came back, didn't he, Joe Batley, from Worcester?
1: Yeah, he did. This is not him. No, it's not him. It is... Joe him. Joyce. Joe Joyce.
0: Joe Joyce. Joyce. Yeah, anyway. Okay. So Connacht can actually qualify... Um, yeah. it's I'm, out of their hands but if they beat Bristol and Saracens lose I'm probably going to watch Glasgow to Toulon
2: so just another one in pool does three. Adi Logan play for Bristol still
1: not anymore I don't think well, I haven't seen him for ages no, Yeah. No. so uh, Glasgow Toulon is the other game there and they can are Toulon done now or can they qualify they
0: can qualify yeah. so if they if they beat Glasgow and uh, your beloved Bayon lose as well Tim then Toulon can qualify
1: but on, Toulon,
2: Toulon have lost to Everybody. Everyone. Yes. They've lost three. This is it. The far, the far. The, the Yeah. Thing.
1: Okay. Um, uh, on to Saturday, you've got a choice of, well, Phil's beloved Bordeaux or Phil's beloved Ulster. Oh, away, this... away to the Bulls or Quinns respectively. How, what are you going to watch, Phil?
0: Um, well, Bordeaux were just cruising, uh, w- winning everything uh, and that'll be a nice, easy victory for them. So I won't bother watching that. I will see. It will be an exciting game um, in Pool 2. Ulster travelling two Harlequins and there's history in that fixture. There is. And Harlequins are qualified, I think. Um because yeah, Racing can't overtake them. We're, but Ulster can leapfrog frog them potentially.
1: Racing are gonna beat Cardiff, which is the next game, uh, three fifteen kickoffs. Uh Leicester versus Leinster is what I'll be watching. I'm expecting Leicester not winning that. I don't think Leicester will win that, but they'll no. give it a good crack at home.
0: They will, but so, and they, Lein- Leicester rested their players because they thought they had a better chance of beating Leinster at home than La Rochelle away which I agree with but I think Leinster will win that uh,
1: this th- so I'm going to go for Leicester Leinster I'll be watching mm. uh, the next same I will be watching that <laughs> there's two 5.30 kickoffs, and this one's got a bit of history to it too Munster v Northampton
2: mm. or Stade France v Stormers I'll be watching the Sorry, Munster Northampton quick, game no question just a quick question are you returning on Monday Phil I am. Yes. Yes. What time what is your
0: flight out? Uh Friday at maybe ten AM.
1: Okay. Sorry, please continue.
0: And then from Manchester. I'm
1: uh, I'm on a similar time. Charles
0: de Gaulle. Going to Charles de Gaulle, yeah. Yeah. With the easy jet. Yeah, I think I'm on that flight, flight, yeah. And then back I wanna say two PM on the Monday. I
2: think we might be. Nice leisurely
0: it's a nice nice flight time that.
2: Uh, Are you departing what time? Ten.
1: I will tell you what flights I'm on. If anyone else is interested and wants to come to Paris, obviously, you know, um we're doing this live. Uh flight info. It is. Ooh. Oh. no, that's not Where's it? Easier anyway, carry on with the thing, Phil. <laughs> we can, ed- we can edit we can
2: edit this. That's fine. A little bit. No, we can't. Uh and you're returning when? Monday. Monday ten. No. no. So,
1: flight out. No, it'll be a late night Sunday.
0: 10:50 flight out of Manchester to Charles de Gaulle. Uh 2:10 Monday return to Manchester. There you go.
2: All right, so last bit of flight stuff. What are you going to do on Friday? On, on on Friday Friday afternoon, which is worth my time.
0: Uh, I was going to go for a run and do some shopping.
2: Interesting. Ten, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, you notice I am actually wearing a Parisian top at the moment. So if I join you at nine o'clock, if I land at nine o'clock, is that enough time to come out and go boot? S- well, some d- of the other guys yeah. are coming
0: late. d D-Mac is coming late. doesn't land until ten-ish. Oh, does he not? I might wait for him in the airport.
1: Okay, fine. Uh, so, yeah, ten ten fifty a.m. on the Friday. And I think I'll book my return flight separately. Either that or mm. I haven't booked it, and I suddenly have to go and book <laughs> it. But anyway. Well, I've already had to pay an
0: extra 50 quid to move my return flight, because I, well, I did plan to travel back on the Sunday. But then the game got announced as a 9 pm kickoff on the Sunday night. Ooh. Anyway, right. Uh, so we've done the 5.30s on the Saturday, which is Stade Francais hosting the Stormers, Stade Francais, who are, are well, they are out of it, Stormers, who are battling for that um, home semi, uh, sorry, home knockout stage. And Racing 92 hosting Cardiff, two teams who haven't won a single game, but both have a mathematical chance of qualifying. Hmm. There is an 8 o'clock on the Saturday, which is Saracens hosting Leon. Now, JB, wasn't this a fixture a while ago that on... BBC, <laughs> you said that Leon, watch out, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, so what and happened And then they uh, didn't get a single no, point.
2: No, you said they're going to be the most memorable. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. they're going to be a, 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 for a memorable campaign. And they were, they didn't get a single point. Um, yeah, I'd said that for either Five Live or Talk Sport.
0: But Leon, who are currently in second place, and if they win, they will bag a home knockout game. And Saracens, they have to win in order to qualify. So that will be interesting. Poor Saracens. Sunday, three games. Three games, one, a few miles down the road. Sale are going to get battered by La Rochelle, who La Rochelle do have to win, um, particularly if they want a home uh, next round.
2: They can still get a home game.
0: They can. Despite only winning one game, they are only two points behind uh, Tigers and Stormers. Uh, so it's out of their hands, but uh, Tigers aren't winning against Leinster. And Stormers travelled to Paris to play Stade Français, uh, but you'd expect Stormers to win that, so uh, that makes it harder for La Rochelle. Mm-hmm. So we've got that at one o'clock, which will be a La Rochelle win. Toulouse host Bath, um, and Bath with that win, they are maybe not quite guaranteed home, but if they get a point, just they need one losing bonus point or try bonus point, and they guarantee home knockout, mm-hmm. which is good for Bath, and then. Tim's beloved Bayon host Exeter, which will be an Exeter win. We hope.
2: So yeah, we, we all, hope. Except for Tim. Tim doesn't hope that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Last last question about Paris. If I decide to come, can I have complete non-responsibility for recording equipment? <laughs> good good uh, question. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yes. Okay. That that could that that could swing it.
0: That. Could, <laughs> No, uh, we, we'll, we'll just get the shipping container sent out.
1: Just I, I, All I'll just add it to Lewis's list of logistics. <laughs> <to sort> of,
2: <laughs> yeah, Lewis can sort, of, sort of a, a, a studio. studio. If you yeah. can't sort out of a studio, what's he good for?
1: <laughs> Surely we can
0: get Sia Khaleesi to get um, Griff Nation to hook us up with a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have
1: studios everywhere. I mean, Christ, is Jay, Jay-Z's thing. Precisely. Right. Uh, contact egg at gmail.com. Extra spicy content. Patreon.com slash eggchases, uh,
2: Let the boys end. The boys end. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.